You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. See, now we got no show. Now we got no show. That actually comes later in the show. Welcome to episode 59 of the motherfucking podcast, the official podcast of the international power rock combo, motherfucking ruckus from Denver and Chicago, respectively. respectively. I'm Aaron Howell. I'm Tony Lee. And joining us in the studio today is a... Dude that I have been waiting to get on this show for a long time, the funniest human being I know, one of my oldest, dearest friends, uh, it just just a, a truly remarkable, unique character uh, of which there is no, th- there's on. no other like him in the world. Uh, we used to call him Little Jerry, but he hasn't been li- little in a very long time. Please welcome to the show... Former member of MF Ruckus and fourth year freshman, and the founder, uh, co founder of White Fudge. And the please, Jerry Cass Project. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please welcome Gerald Thomas Cass. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Gerald Casoli. Thomas Casoli. <laughs> Tom, sorry, Thomas <laughs> Casoli. That's right. Please welcome Jerry Cass. Hi. Hi, guys. Bald thanks head for with a hairy me. ass to the show. <laughs> So many nicknames. So this is a podcast. Yeah, so I yeah. was explaining, before we got on, I was explaining to Jerry what a podcast is. So basically, at first I just said grown people playing radio. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's really all it is. It's basically, you can record I, anything and put it on. I figured that much. Yeah. But the, then, then the point I was making is it's like, now that we've got four mics. Now that we've got nice equipment. And, we're coming and to sound. you in high fidelity. And, yeah. Especially Gordo in high fidelity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gordo's high actually fidelity. got a nice. Highest fidelity I've ever experienced in the studio. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, new equipment. Dude, we got, we got a mixer. Just and in time. We got, yeah, just in time for Tony's move, which we're going to talk about later in the show. Uh, but, but we were talking about like. Like, does that put too much pressure on you? Like, is the show going to suck now that we have, like, nice stuff? Because it's like when we used to just put the phone in the middle of the room and we were experimenting and we were doing, like, the Byron and Randy sketches and shit like that. I love those. And just, like, just, like. You remember those? Oh, yeah. Just, like, recording the, uh, just, like, recording the commentary stuff by holding my phone up and listening to it and then talking about it while we're listening to it. (laughs) Like, people listen to that and they go, oh, it's so DIY. Oh, it's so lo-fi. And then you get to a certain level and it's like that saying, the higher you climb, the more your ass shows. You know? Yeah. People people (laughs) just... Especially wearing a dress. Dude, that that's the thing is like you we've talked about this before where you know you're starting to make it you know you're starting to be worth something when people are trashing you can i tell you about my first podcasting experience it's really funny yeah tell me about your first podcast first experience. podcast i was on called slow down and all it was is records slowed down <laughs> and literally played on my buddy's stereo and he just put a microphone up to it 
and, and recorded it with GarageBand. And then he's like, he would make commentary and we would talk and then he would put the record on and then we'd crack a beer and then we'd have to go in the other room while it played <laughs> for a really long time because it slowed down. Oh, yeah. And Billy Ocean, by the way, sounds fucking amazing. Slowed, slowed down. down. You, huh. know what, you know what else sounds really good slowed down is um, Bon Jovi. Bad Medicine. Really? By, yeah, I used to listen to it when I was a kid. You know, because when you're a kid, you think that shit's hilarious. It's like, oh, man, I can turn a switch and their voices change. The band. <laughs> it, dude, it sound, it, I always imagined it as like sounding like some, some big rotund dude, like singing like, lovers <laughs> like. Do you think that's where Tom Waits came from? Exactly <laughs> Is that a from. busted record player? He's just like, I like it better like this. <laughs> <laughs> he was listening to the Bee Gees and he's all, ha, 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 staying alive. I always thought the Bee Gees would be fucking sick slowed down. You know, <laughs> it would are. just sound they like are. regular guys. It would, it would sound dope. It's really great. Really actually. good music. I highly recommend it. Have you? Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Absolutely. It, it would be it would be a good funk song. You just have to change the drums a little. Oh yeah. 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 Ted Nugent sounds like the Melvins. <laughs> well, that's where disco came from, right? Disco came from funk, didn't it? I don't know. That's they basically chicken and the egg thing, huh? They just would kind of just like loop beats over and over again. I think we're all too white to understand any of that. Well, I think Gordo knows about. Well, Gordo's an exception. He he has a gay dad, so oh. he knows all about disco. I know all about the disco. Yeah, Palace. he grew up on disco. Cool. What would you say came first? Yeah, what came first, funk or disco? Well, I think funk predated disco see that's what i thought too and but, then but really i mean ultimately it's kind of the same music it is kind of the same music they it's grew up in the same neighborhood it's just a different attitude I, well yeah. and i feel like disco to me is like it's the the four drum beat <laughs> you know like anything I with was that made for loving that, yeah. you baby <laughs> you were made for loving yeah, me everybody knows that kiss was the original disco band <laughs> my first um but that's what made it disco right so my first introductions to disco were uh the disney disco album so with uh, macho macho duck on it oh yeah uh, I had that one. Like I had the Disney Disco album, which was makes sense, right? Which was pretty awesome. And then Disco Duck, as f Disco Duck, Disco Duck. <laughs> and then um, let's, just, let's just be proper here. And then the the Saturday Night Fever parody scene in Airplane. Like that was yeah. that was what I understand disco to be. Where they throw the jacket back at him. Yeah, they throw, <laughs> they throw the jacket back at him. <laughs> and like uh, there's like a there's like a bar fight in the middle of it, isn't there? Like, it's like the... the or, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, we were talking about how uh, the podcast is going to get shitty now because we have good equipment. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, dude, I actually... I, I forgot all about that. I legitimately have a fear about reaching a certain level of legitimacy to where it'll just, like... it'll Like, I don't know if I'll... My, ego will be able to handle I I know exactly real criticism I know exactly what you mean because everything followed by considering what he had it yeah, yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. fucking Tom Waits right, you know right, what right. I mean we we were experiencing a theory that maybe uh uh Tom Waits and Ja Rule are the, are the same person <laughs> 
<laughs> Have you ever seen Tom Waits is just like nobody's buying room. creepy burlesque records anymore. Way you look, way you smile, way you smell. <laughs> I swear to God. So baby girl, put it on me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can you can impersonate the same. <laughs> I'm telling you. No, but like. Like I've 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 often said that you can tell when you're starting to break into that like second tier when people actually talk shit about you in like like you're like you're never gonna hear it. They're like fuck that guy, his shit is terrible. The second people start talking shit about you, mm. like and here's how I know: nobody ever makes fun of old people to their face. Nobody ever makes fun of children when they suck at things like. Like Jerry, your, your kids aren't going to hear this. If one of your kids, <laughs> if oh, you're one of your kids makes a shitty piece of art, you're not going to be like, "That sucks." <laughs> you're not going to be like, "You're not going to be like Reagan." Awful. I am going to put this through the document shredder so that none of the neighbors can accidentally see it on the fridge through our window. Like I don't even want it to blow out of the trash and have an awkward exchange with right. that with that smug brick down the street. <laughs> Whose kid is painting at an eighth grade level. Especially at a certain age. Kennedy's age now. She's four. And she's like, she drew me a rainbow today and it was three colors. <laughs> You're like, I'm like, where's the I rest of the rainbow? I kind of looked at it like, is your sister using the rest of the markers right now? <laughs> or like, did you just give up early? Just like orange, yellow, red. Have you ever seen a rainbow? Right. Like, are you like, are you even drawing it from memory, or are you just? Why doing... am I buying all of the colors? <laughs> if you're only gonna use three of them, we could be snagging these motherfuckers from Denny. <laughs> three color rainbow. Little like little like the little broken ones that are worn down to a right, nub and yeah. are covered in pancake syrup. We'll take those. They're good enough for my kids' art. <laughs> See, you're not gonna say that to your kid. No. But And nobody like nobody like it's, nobody it's, it, first of all, it's strange that I just compare my kids to adults all the time and I kinda treat them like adults, so which is cool. So when they're just like, Daddy, I drew you this, I'm like, why? <laughs> you don't have anything fucking better to do than draw a picture for me? Like, And what did I do that was so great that deserves your art? To create art for me. Create art for yourself, kid. Right. <laughs> you sit down and you're like, this is a very important lesson. Don't make art for Daddy. Make art for yourself. <laughs> it's, it is just strange. Just being in a house with just kids the last couple of days. Randy's been at work and it's been just me and the kids and it's weird. Like what about it is weird? Tell me <laughs> tell me what I have to look forward to. Like what is weird about being at home with the kids? Well, I mean, at some point they start, you know, interacting with you like another adult would, but then they ask stupid kid questions. <laughs> you know? Like they really want to be and, and, treated as an equal yeah, by and you? And then you find yourself like is that an actual question? <laughs> and it'll be shit out of nowhere. Today, Kennedy goes, I pull out the the carpet cleaner, cleaning dog piss out of the fucking carpet, right? <laughs> and I pull it out of the garage, and out of fucking nowhere, Kennedy goes, oh, wow, and that thing's been underwater for two days? 
was like, where the fuck did you get that from? And I said that to her. I like set it down and stopped. And I was like, where the fuck did that come from? It's been underwater for two what days. What the fuck? What would give you that impression? And where would it be underwater? In a bathtub? Like, <laughs> it made sense in her head before she said it to you, too. Yeah, it, I pulled it out of the garage, and she stayed right there in the kitchen watching me. And she goes, oh, that thing's been underwater for two days. I'm like, what? She's, pra- she's just practicing. Like, right. in her head, that makes sense. And you're like, she's like, I'll say this to daddy because it sounds like a grown-up sentence. <laughs> we never should have legalized mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't legalize them. Here you go, kids. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> this Expand is what poor people call vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck Carnival Cruise Lines. You can get... Wait, how much do mushrooms even cost? I don't know if I've paid for mushrooms in, in several years. I don't know if I've no, ever I don't think I've paid ever paid for, for mushrooms. mushrooms either. I, I kind of feel like I've never like willfully d- done yeah. that to myself. It's always I mean, been like they've fallen into my hand and I've gone, absolutely. well, I have to take them. And I think uh, we've been together for a lot of those experiences. Do you remember the time? This is a good Jerry and Aaron mushroom story. Do you remember the time that we went to Colorado Springs to do a show and we met that girl who took us to her apartment down the street and then left us alone in her apartment? Yes. And she was she was like majorly into George Bush, remember? She was really into George W. Bush, but but I mean that didn't really matter. If we were just monsters at the time looking for an excuse to like betray someone's trust, you know, like you do. Oh, yeah. And so she left us alone in the apartment (laughs) and, like, we peed in her orange juice, we peed in her shoes, and then we got into her freezer and she had a gigantic bag of mushroom chocolates. Like, she had told us before she left, she's like, she's like, she's like, yeah, I just bought this giant bag of mushroom chocolates that I'm gonna sell. I'll be right back. And she left. So Jerry and I just like gobbled them up and uh, took a couple of them and went in separate cars on the ride back to Denver. Now, the ride from Colorado Springs back to Denver is just enough time for it to kick in for the mushrooms to kick in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So Jerry and I are in two separate vehicles driving back up from Colorado Springs, having two different experiences, each not knowing the other one had taken them. Because I had taken them without really thinking about it, and Jerry was like, I'm going to take some for later. And then in the car on his way over, took them. And di- I didn't find out that Jerry had even taken the mushrooms as well until he walked in the door <laughs> at our house and was like, I took some too, buddy. And I'm like, thank God. But the whole way home, I'm, dr- I'm driving home with, uh, with Ty. And... Uh, the whole drive home, I'm like looking at the horizon. And you know how flat earthers will say that like the horizon stays at eye level all the time? Like that's like one of their Wrong main arguments. Podcast, Aaron. Well, no. <laughs> I had I had a different conspiracy at the time. I was watching the horizon and the buildings move over the top of it, and I was convinced, and I told Ty this, that the entire world was Magilla Gorilla's knuckle. <laughs> Like, I was like, dude, you look out the window on the horizon. It's just like the way it curves. Everything is just on McGilla Gorilla's knuckle. And Ty, bless his heart, was just like, yup. Yeah. 
Absolutely. No, totally. I totally understand that. That makes perfect sense that the entire world exists on McGilla Gorilla's knuckle. Totally, dude. I see it. I walk in the door when we get home and Jerry's eyes are, you know, pupils are the size of nickels at that point. And we're like, oh, thank God. And I worked at Fascinations at the time. And so at any given time you came over to our house, there was four hardcore porn DVDs in the house. And they were usually like 10 hour loops. You know what I mean? So we would have people over and there would just be porn on the TV 24 hours a day. You know, unless we were watching like UFC we were good Ultimate tenants. Oh, yeah, we were great tenants. Um, <laughs> Oh, remember uh, citizens. you remember the, the, the false floor we made for a practice space and um, it became a haven for mice. Oh, so yeah. we had to have the mice murdering competition. Yeah, dude, I did that with my family again. I brought that <laughs> tradition back. <laughs> Last year we had a mouse in our garage and I did the same thing as, as, as our mouse murder competition, but with my family, with my very young children. So they wrote their names on the bottom of a mouse trap and got to bait it with whatever they want and set yeah. it wherever they want. And then the winner that kills the mice gets like 20 bucks or whatever, you know? Who won? Uh, Randy won. Randy won. Yeah. But this was one mouse. That was a lot of mice. Yeah, no. There, I, I want to say that at that old house, we had something like 25 mice in the house. Like, we had an infestation. And we had built a false floor because somehow we thought it would help with the soundproofing. No, it and wasn't we, that. It was, to help it was with the, flooding. the flooding. Yeah. The, we were concerned about flooding damaging the equipment. So we took cinder blocks and laid them all over the floor and then put planks of plastic. It was the most we've ever put into building a practice space. Like, we... <laughs> We went and bought, you know, concrete anchors, and we, like, totally, frame, like, did a shitty job, but we framed this room out for the most part. It was total garbage. Like, none of us knew what we were doing, but part of it was, like, putting plywood up on cinder blocks so that if there was a flood down in the basement, which I don't think ever happened. No, the, the landlord it said it had happened previously so uh, we were we were worried about that happening right so so yeah so we we must have killed something like 25 mice down in that place can you imagine bad. if there was just rocket space back then oh i know <laughs> you know what i mean we still wouldn't be able to afford it dude oh yeah I if guess. rocket space had been around back then first of all we would have gotten 86 for consistently not paying our bill Secondly, we would have smoked or damaged damaged equipment in some way. Uh, or third, and this is what I think would have definitely happened, is we would have gotten kicked out for showing up after hours and renting space just to do drugs, throw parties, and, and take girls. Dude, but do you think that shit's even happening now? Oh, dude, actually, with, with the younger uh, generation? Back, when, back when you remember Virginia... Back when she used to work at Rocket Space, um, okay, yeah, she found somebody banging in one of the rooms. <laughs> some some band dude had gone and like, I mean, it's better than a motel, I guess. But had taken like she walked in and this dude had just taken a girl to one of the one of the Rocket Space rooms. I don't know if he wanted to amplify he, it or he wanted jam, to play a drums. Baby. Yeah, let's. He wanted to play a drum solo when he was done or go, but don't. 
<laughs> or or maybe like maybe he was walking by with this girl and he was bragging about what a good guitar player he was and he's like I'm telling you if there was just like some place I could just walk in and jam right now like I'd blow your mind oh actually that's exactly what the building that we're right in front of does you just pay him 10 bucks and you uh uh Whoa. Whoa! Oh my hair! <laughs> or maybe like he got in there, just like, you know what? Let's just start making out instead. <laughs> so hot that you're in here with me. Let's just make out. I thought you were gonna play guitar for me. Just later. <laughs> I mean, like the orgasm and then the guitar orgasm. You is gotta gonna try. Be like, oh, it's gonna be perfect. <laughs> I mean, there's a thousand scenarios. I'm yeah. betting he didn't have a house. <laughs> or, well, or he was married or had a girlfriend or something like mm, that. Yeah. Or was on tour, maybe. Or lived with his parents. Yeah. Underage. Underage. Hmm. Or overage. Or over. I feel like, like if she would have mentioned, and he was 86. <laughs> <laughs> I walked in on this old man banging this lady at Rocket Space the other day. Remember oh, when the bums were fucking in the alley there and uh, Parker had to like pretty much step over them? <laughs> no. He was so perturbed by it. He was like, that's the grossest fucking thing. I'm never walking that way again. It's like, why not, dude? They got to fuck somewhere. <laughs> and, I mean, I guess you you don't like to think about bums fucking, but it happens. But they do. Yeah. They don't have, I mean, especially now with the urban camping ban, you know. <laughs> you got to fuck something. Yeah. I mean, they're going to end up at Rocket Space. Whoa. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Saving up their change to. Dude, actually, um, when I, uh, Al Feldman, our old, our old landlord, Alex Feldman. All right. Which, by the way, uh, Randy Olinger actually worked for him for a bit. Like he was we were talking about worst jobs ever. And he's like, I used to work for this slumlord down in Capitol oh, Hill. Yeah. His name was Al Feldman. Like, I'm Which like, one? No. I've run it from all of them. Yeah. I know every slumlord in town. No, but um, <laughs> when uh, when I used to work for Al, he was renovating a property uh, up on up on Colfax somewhere. And uh, we went into the back where, like, the old um, carport was. Like, it, it was a carport that hadn't been used in forever, you know. And word must have gotten around the street community that it was a good fuck shack. Because you would go, it, like, you would go in there and it was nothing but used condoms and syringes and human shit. So don't worry about Just, ev well, everywhere inside there. And hmm. on, when we would go to do construction during the day, when we would go up there to do work on the place, the first thing we had to do every morning was go over to the carport and go, shoot, go on, get out of here. And like, dude, new condoms, new rigs, new human shit almost every single day that we did it. Wow. Yeah. It was uh, sexy. It was a very sexy place. You should call Mike Rowe. Tell him dirty, I jobs. I got a dirty job. <laughs> I got a dirty job for you. <laughs> he's got a fuck shack shoer. That's what I do. He's got an interesting name for a guy of his stature. I know <laughs> that guy's way too big way to be big. called Micro. <laughs> I still love that one. I do. I do, uh, I made that joke to Mike Rose. I was like, I was like, you're way too big to be a guy named Mike Rose. 
and yeah. and it went. Whoosh. He's like, "What? What do you mean? I'm not that big." <laughs> All right. Mm. So Jerry. Yeah. Um. And okay, this popped into my head actually. Before wait, before we get into more meat and potatoes of the show. Uh. Another time oh, we did halluc- another time we did hallucinogens together. Hmm. The, um, the 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 time that we took acid together yeah, and every, walked by the federal every penitentiary. Hour on the hour. <laughs> this buddy of ours, I won't mention his name, <laughs> but this buddy because he's now he now he's like uh, he's not like straight laced. No, but he is a, definitely not straight laced now. But but um, he's at least. He's in the weed business. I went, yeah. So we were over at this, <laughs> we were over at this buddy's apartment, and he was coming out every hour on the hour and dropping acid on our tongues. And Jerry and uh, I are hanging out. Yeah, it, it, he was he was had himself locked in his bedroom, but he was like, "If you guys want to hang out every hour on the hour, everybody has to take a, a dose." He's like, if you don't want to take a dose anymore, then that's cool. You can leave whenever you want, but every hour on the hour, I'll be coming out here, and we're all, yeah. we're all gonna dose, right? So it was like, uh, it was us. Weird. It was us and this guy, who is ja. one of those Juh. Ja. Yeah, he was. <laughs> what a just that name, Juh. Ja. It, it his name sounded like his personality. Ja, bro, ja. I'm Justin, but I go by Ja. I go by Ja. Everybody just calls me Ja. Cause, <laughs> ja, right? This, uh, this is in was, wait, this was, is in Lakewood. Ja or Ja? Ja, J U, short for okay. Justin. He Ja. Yeah. This was in the suburbs. This was in Lakewood. So uh, yeah. This and this apartment complex was super sketchy. Right. Really sketchy. Right, right by uh, Bear Creek High School. Yeah, the brown murder apartments. Dude, they're the, they're the big brown ones. You, yeah. you just from a mile away. It's like the Colfax of the suburbs. Just this one apartment <laughs> complex. <laughs> Right next to X Saloon, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the miniature golf course. Right on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but we're Times over there. Times are changing, man. Times are changing. Now, Jerry and I, you know, we're young guys. We're we're little jokesters, so we like having fun and laughing. But this guy, Juh, is one of those type of dudes who's, like, too cool to get fucked up on drugs. Like, he takes yeah. drugs but he he bases his coolness on his ability not to enjoy the drugs even, that he's taking. I don't taking. even feel it. So like, you guys it's are nothing. dumb. I don't even feel anything, man. We're, you guys are stupid. You know, like three, three, four hits deep, Aaron and I are crying. We're laughing, laughing so hard so about the hard. dumbest shit that we're just we're just entertaining ourselves. We were eating animal crackers. <laughs> we're eating animal crackers and uh, I look over I look over at Jerry and I'm like can I interest you in some torsos or can I interest you in some heads and torsos and Jerry's like no but would you care for some tails and asses or some hooves and asses <laughs> yeah, the finest assortment of tails and asses and that joke had us fucking rolling on the ground right and, and Judd just is like giving us shit and just just like really bumming, bumming me he's, out especially. This dude is seriously sitting there with his arms crossed. You no, know, he's playing video games. He's I'm not like, even, not even fucking feel it. You guys are idiots, and we're idiots. just, just, and we're the we're only a great people time. in this apartment except for the our acid drug man. dealer who's coming out every hour on the hour, and not really even saying anything. He's just going, okay, everybody, just say ah, 
Ah, and then going okay. back in his room, bloop, 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 dosing everybody, and then going in the room and locking the door. So I start, I start passing notes to Jerry. I've got a little notebook in my pocket, <laughs> and I start passing notes to Jerry. And I just write a note down that says, "Jerry, this dude is bumming me out. In exactly five minutes, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk out the door. The time is 9:32 p.m." <laughs> <laughs> and then every minute would go by and I would nudge Jerry and I'm tripping my nuts off and it would be like it's 9.33 and then without saying a word right at 9.37 I stood up and I walked out the door and I started heading out and Jerry's like wait Aaron no and starts following me and I'm like I can't hang around with that guy dude I'm too high for it he's fucking ruining my trip I'm fucking out of here so Jerry and I hatched this scheme so this is up on like Hamden and Kipling and we, only, have, we only, have no car, no middle of nowhere, no car Not that either well, of us could have driven. And we live point. and we're going to my parents' house, which is like Wadsworth and Bellevue. So it's probably a good hour, hour and a half walk. Right. It's it's Perfect. it's it's a decent walk. So Jerry and I are like, so I look at Jerry and I go, and this is at nine thirty seven. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, OK, Jerry, <laughs> here's the plan. You and I. We're going to walk to my parents' house. On the way, we're going to stop at King Supers. We're going to get menthol cigarettes and Sunny Delight and rent the Digimon movie. That's the plan. And Jerry's like, okay, cool. Sounds like a plan. So we start walking by, and whether we actually saw them or not, we started chasing bunny rabbits through <laughs> this field that was like right outside of the federal penitentiary over there on Kipling. Yeah, you ever driven by? <laughs> There's that giant field so that they can fucking shoot a, a, a runaway yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. prisoner. If a prisoner escapes, they can get shot before they, they get to Kipling. And you know this, what I mean? is, this is the field we're chasing rabbits. Just like in. chasing rabbits around and, and, and then it's like... Then it's like, uh, Jerry's kind of like, man, maybe we shouldn't draw too much attention to ourselves. You know, if the cops see us, you know, they're going to question us and they're going to know we're tripping. And I'm like, it's very simple. <laughs> if the cops stop us, we just say, officer, we were simply chasing bunnies through this field. <laughs> <laughs> it's not illegal to chase bunnies through a field. And so Jerry and I are then dying about that idea. And then we start thinking, and then Jerry goes, Jerry goes, do you think there's a guy in there, like, just getting his hole pounded, looking out the window going, ah, 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 I wonder what those guys are doing. Ah, 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 looks like they're chasing bunnies. Ah, ah. And so then we start laughing about that, just fucking dying, rolling around in this field. I kind of hope that someone from the prison would happen to be looking out the window and just see two fucking little punk rock teenagers rolling around. <laughs> the the size of <laughs> just, oh, just having a blast. So we get to we get to the King Supers, and it's uh, you know that scene in Reservoir Dogs where Mister um, Orange is telling the story about like when he had all the the dope on him and he went into the yeah. restroom and da da da. All the cops and dogs are there. We walk into this King Supers and the place is completely empty except for five Jefferson County sheriffs with their drug dog. And we walk in, pupils the size of fucking nickels, just like <laughs> laughing and giggling. And we turn the corner and we see them and we both go, <laughs> and get really silent and walk right past these cops, like kind of like. Like, I'm sure we thought we were going, they know. 
But we were probably going, they know! Everybody knows! Yeah. So we got the uh, we got the Digimon movie, and I think we got the Dark Crystal. We didn't back out. No, no, we got exactly <laughs> those things. We, we went. Did, we were at that point. We were, you know, less than a mile to Aaron's parents' house. We could have just. Totally, we could have pulled out. <laughs> we were on a mission. But and then and we're right in front of the cops, and we walk in. We're, Whoa! We see the cops, and we kind of stop. And I'm like, Aaron, maybe we should not do. It. And Aaron goes, Nope, nope. That'd be too obvious, man. <laughs> I mean, they'll know something's up if we turn around and walk away. Yep. Nope. Just got to go through with the mission. And we got our menthol cigarettes. Officers. <laughs> Good day for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and so we got our menthol cigarettes. And this is back when you had to rent movies. So we rented the Digimon movie. The Dark Crystal might have been a different time. I do remember watching the Dark Crystal tripping and it freaking me out really bad but we got the Digimon <laughs> my dad's place and we watched it and it blew our fucking minds yep yep. Mm-hmm. yep that was a great that was a great that was a good trip it was a it was an actual trip <laughs> in addition to a... like the older you get the more lazy you get about partying you know what I mean it's like like when you're a kid it's like you want just so bad to be out of your parents house and to be out doing stuff with other people your age. Oh, you'll, you'll walk for miles. You'll walk for miles. You'll put yourself in dangerous situations. Like, like, you know, we will look back um, uh, with, like, nostalgia and reminisce about, like, oh, dude, we were crazy when we were young. We used to have so much fun. But if you transplanted your consciousness into your younger self's body, it would just be a nightmare. Oh, yeah. You'd be like, this is the most shrill, annoying boring, do-nothing, fucking, like, wasted party. There's a bunch of drunk babies everywhere just babbling at each other and trying to put their fingers in each other. And it like, <laughs> this is fucking annoying. I want to go home. I want to sit on my couch. Oh, my God. Like, I, I, took, I took acid as an adult, and acid as an adult generally ends the same way, which is like, Let's put on the fifth element, you know. Yeah. Let's put on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and just sit in one place. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The, I, I was talking the other day about the definition of partying as it, as it evolves throughout your life. At one point, I, and, uh, I asked this because uh, I ran into somebody that I hadn't seen for a while, and he was like, dude, you still party? And I was like, Maybe. What? <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't remember where we last left off. What was partying yeah, what? last time we hung out? Uh, yeah, because <laughs> at, at one point in your life, that means uh, cake and pizza and fucking party hats. Spider-Man decorations. Right. And then, you know, at some point in your life, that means cocaine. Do you party? Do yeah. And then there's a lot of between. It's not like one day I was having Spider-Man parties and then the next day I was like <laughs> oh, yeah. hot knife and blow in some <laughs> fucking stranger's kitchen right? with my mouth around a fucking soggy toilet paper tube with six <laughs> other guys spit on it. <laughs> uh, see? And, and Aaron has crystal clear memory. <laughs> crystal meth memory. Crystal meth <laughs> memory. No, uh, but then, yeah, and then that's the other thing like 
How many times uh, going on tour was was somebody like, do you party? Fuck yeah, I party. Dude, oh, fuck, that's Matt. Yeah, yeah, God yeah, yeah, damn yeah. it. I thought I partied. Maybe I don't. And now uh, if if my wife is like, dude, do you, you want to party Let's tonight? Let's party tonight. That means the two of us getting drunk and trying not to wake the kids up. Dude, in, in, in my house, it's even cleaning. In my house, it's even lamer than that. It's like, it's like when Ransom wakes up at night and Sarah goes, "Uh oh, somebody wants to party." That means somebody wants to cry and pull on my beard and suck on her boobs, and that we're gonna sit and watch TV and take turns taking hits of pot outside. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like she's going to have a beer. And I'm going to have Dr. Pepper because I can't control myself. Like, that's that's what partying is, pushing 40. Or, like, come home and it's like, we oh. don't party. <laughs> we don't. No, not really. Uh, or, or, or it's like, oh, the cats want to party. And that means, like, they want to eat food. Like, they want to be fed and they want to, like, yell and scratch at stuff. That's what partying means now around my house. We had a party recently on Tuesday where we all played together. Yeah. We did. That was a party. That, that was, was a lot of fun. That was a ton of fun. That was, uh, that was great. Yeah. Even, you know, the... Damn it, Terry. Fat Body's mom? No. Uh, Gordo. Terry uh, Tuesday? Yeah. What about him? If he would have been there, uh, Tweed would have played. What? That it's was okay. a really good party. It's so okay. It okay. Was, it's okay. You're playing with the dead milkman on June first. Fucking amazing Dude. fucking amazing time anyway. It was. There was here's the only thing that I that was on the downside. Okay, so first of all, to give some context to people who don't know, may, maybe you're checking in, this is your first time listening. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for listening for the Hi, first I'm time. Hi, I'm Jerry. If I'm you're li- if you're listening, if you're a normal follower, we didn't say a ton about this on previous episodes because it was kind of it a, wasn't a show. It, was a it party. wasn't a show, it was a party. So we party. we had a farewell party and jam for Tony and Laura. A kiss farewell party because yeah, a, a, it was the second time in Denver now that I've done it. The, uh, the keep it simple stupid one? No, I mean kiss farewell tours. Oh, <laughs> right. The, the, the second farewell this tour. This is my second yeah. farewell tour. And we're still in Denver right now talking. Exactly. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like we chased you out and you had like cans <laughs> dragging behind the car or no. or we christened the car and you drove up or you had the moving van out there. Like no, I, I, I packed the U Haul in two days. I'm telling you, Tony doesn't fully commit to a move. <laughs> he doesn't. He's like the he's like the I'll go out there for a couple years. The type of dude that would break up with a girl, but like not like we can still fuck every <laughs> once in a while, you know. Just like, um. So we had this we had this party at Three Kings, and it was just a bunch of our friends came out. And the original plan was that because we had so many complete bands in the house, we were going to do like a bunch of short sets with our with our friends' bands. So there was um, Sunrise. Sunrise Drive. Sunrise Drive. Johnny Got Rocks. Johnny Got Rocks. White Fudge did a set, which was fucking awesome. It was great. Um, thank that you, Gordo. And then Ruckus did a set. And then there was supposed to be a jam afterwards. But because the sound guy didn't show up until an hour and a half later than he was supposed to be there, 
Now, from what I understand, he got double booked and didn't know he was supposed to be there, so it wasn't his. It wasn't his mistake. It was just a miscommunication. I just bartended his wedding last night. Did you bartend his wedding last night? Yeah, man. Was it fun? It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. Of course, I showed up two hours after the reception <laughs> started. Just to oh, show a motherfucker. Did I lesson. miss the wedding? I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Nobody said I had to wear a suit. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, well, so because of that, and because it was a Tuesday night, by the time the actual band sets got done, it was after midnight, and so the jam, which is the part that I was really looking forward to, is is the part where just, like, all the different people that are in the room get up and play different songs together. Yeah, That, that was the only thing... That that I would have changed on an otherwise right. fucking incredible night, man. It was yeah. so fun. All the bands for were great. For a Tuesday too. For a like. Tuesday, and just how like everybody who came was like a close a close friend or like someone like you had to you had to be in the know a little bit to like be there for it, right? Or just get a call from me and Laura. Or just that get was, a call from you and Laura. Yeah. And um, my my favorite part of the night was uh, the cake that uh, the Jess made for you guys. Did you see the she, cake? She didn't make that cake. She, she, oh, yeah. she, she Amy, just, Amy made the cake for us. Amy made that cake? Okay. Amy made a really beautiful cake. It, I mean, it Jess was, made a real funny cake. Yeah, okay, so Jess brought in this cake that just said, fine, dot, 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 go. <laughs> That's yeah. the best goodbye cake I've ever seen. Oh, uh, yeah. Go. I, <laughs> I was, was like, great. hey, did you see they bought me cake? I don't know why they think my name's Finago, but I'm going to eat it. <laughs> Finago. It's Italian. The, it's uh, Italian for man that loves cake. The, the, the unex- the, um, These things are fun. The unexpected yeah. uh, white fudge set was pretty great, too. Yeah. Like, that came together like in the last... Well, dude, here's yeah. another thing. is like Chad Amon was the person behind that whole thing. He's yeah. like he's like, "Hey brother, are we going to do uh we going to do a white fudge set and that would be great and blah blah blah." And I'm like, "I guess I can hit everybody up and yeah, get them all to I come didn't up. think everybody would be able to make it. Like, not even close." Yeah. And then everybody else but Chad showed up. Yeah. And I talked I've talked to Chad since then and I don't know if he remembered that he was supposed to be there. Hmm. He's getting up there in <laughs> years, you know. Anyway, it, it was me, Jerry, you, uh, me, you guys, Fat Body, B Rad, Andy Ty, Burko, Andy, and it was great, dude. That's we, the old lineup. Yeah. That's, we, the, that's the lineup that was like right before. I we left. opened. We opened with a pared down version of Freebird, which was <laughs> unexpected. <laughs> just, just the solo, and then. Um, I <laughs> Who opens with the end of Freebird? The beginning so, and the end. Yeah, we what do you guys get a request now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yell it. I dare you to yell it. You, you know what? We'll just go ahead and play it right out the gate. <laughs> yeah, that like came together on accident for sure. It sounded I, great. I just played like two chords next to each Dude, other. And, and then it was, it was, it was you it was you and uh, Andy... Like continuing the joke, like, well, I know the next part. Oh yeah, so do I. Oh yeah, I'll fucking. <laughs> what are you? You're gonna stop the joke? You guys were playing joke chicken, right? Like... Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it did and, seem like a dare. And yeah. The, yeah, it was kind of a dare. I think Ty just like made it so that nobody could stop now. Meanwhile, three of us are standing there with a microphone, going. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, hello? I, but then but then we finished with the Uga Chaka ending. Hell yeah. That with was cool. the with the who is that originally? Blue Suede. Hooked on a feeling. Blue Suede, I think is is a one hit wonder. Well no well, but blue the the blue suede one or blue crush or whatever they're called. What are they called? Allie McBeal. They're they're not the original ones to do it. They're the ones who did the Uga Chaka version, but Hooked on a Feeling is oh, like I didn't know that. It's like an old sixties pop song, I think. Fuck. Yeah, there's there's the whole time. There's more than one by uh, BJ Thomas. BJ Thomas? That was Jerry's nickname <laughs> in high school. It's written by Mark James and performed by BJ Thomas. That's the original one. BJ Thomas is the original one. And then and then Blue Crush, Blue Suede, Blue Steel, or whatever they're called. Blue they Suede. Did, Blue Suede. They did the they did the Uga Chaka version. Uga Chaka, Uga, Uga, Uga Chaka. So when when we do when I, White Fudge I didn't know does I didn't play that at all. Dude, but that's the thing, is everybody faked their way through it and it fucking turned out great. Oh, yeah. I've seen is, that that. Some, is that something you guys normally do? We've done it before. Not for years. We've done it before, <laughs> but that's the best we've ever played it. Who did this? So the B Red probably made that, that happen then. No. Are you no, guys, we, were you guys we, singing it? No, I think, I think that, that was, was a Jerry joke. No, that was a Jerry Cole. joke. That was a Jerry no, joke. No, I mean, when we played it live, was that Oh, B-Rad? live? No, I, I started it live. Yeah, you oh, know, so you, I was, was you guys. Yeah, I just wanted to spring it on you guys because it was a jam. I'm like, it's a jam. We should do all kind of like take a risk and do fucked up shit. What is it? I can't stop. I can't stop drug drug dealing. Cocaine pills and weed. Girl, you just don't realize what you owe to me. And in the morning, when your nose is white and your bank account is a looking light, I'm hooked on dealing. You're high and I'm leaving. With all your drug money, <laughs> yeah, we so so for back in the dope game again. <coughs> White Fudge has over the years tried to come up with as many alternate endings as we can. We just tend to always lean on the same ones because White Fudge practices once a never. <laughs> Once or never, dude. And then, and even the practices are never everybody. Oh yeah, I don't even remember the last rehearsal we had when everybody was in the room. But miraculously, and maybe we shouldn't keep telling ourselves this because it'll make us get lazy. But Jerry started saying, "Like, dude, we're better when we don't practice." I don't know what it is, but White Fudge is one of those bands where we cannot even get in the same room forever and get on stage and just and play those songs. If we also knew what songs we were playing within the week of, like <laughs> even like a day a before, day, yeah, like the day, the day of, that wouldn't be as much fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and dude, and we always pull out a long set list. Like we did that thing at the Grateful Gnome not that long ago, and we we played a long set list, right? We, like we didn't take any breaks. We didn't take any breaks, did we? No, no. And we we still ended up playing something like twenty twenty five songs. Played a lot of shit because most of it, because it's it's hip hop and funk, it's a lot of like looping the same stuff over and over again. You know, it's a lot of lifting stuff from the book of James Brown and Funkadelic and right and and uh, or Bill Withers. You know, we loop that Bill Withers part, dude. It's just 
we can always pick it up every time. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. But um, that actually, that's actually something that I wanted to talk about with you, Jerry. Is kind of like for those who don't know, Fuck, he's gonna propose. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when I proposed to Fatty in the middle oh, of a crowded yes, restaurant in yes. Glenwood Springs? That was the best ending to that joke. He was it's, like, "Set the fuck down, shut up." It, and, if we're going to talk about that joke, you have to understand that that joke started in a fucking Conoco when we're on tour and Fat Body and Aaron put all this Gatorade and fucking bullshit that they're <laughs> buying together. And the clerk says, is this all or are you guys together? And Aaron grabs Fat Body's hand and says, four years now. <laughs> And then it evolved back and forth with them. Right. And then it would become like, and then it would become like, are you guys together? It's just like, well, I don't know. We're not really using titles right now, right? <laughs> oh, you mean the transaction? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all our transactions. Yeah, I'll cover together. sweet tits here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we went to a restaurant. It was a, it was during the high tourist season at, in Glenwood Springs. And we got a big table and I proposed to Fatty in the middle of this restaurant. It was a blast. <laughs> he said yes. Anyway, <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Jerry was in fourth year, fourth year freshman, then fourth year, then MF Ruckus, and was part of what we would call the old Dirty Half Dozen lineup, which is back when the band was a six-piece band. Haggard. We had... We <laughs> We had the we had, it was Ty on drums, Logan on bass, me on vocals, and then Tony and Tay on lead guitar, twin lead guitar, and then Jerry on rhythm guitar. It was like the Dirty Half Dozen album is is all live recordings of that lineup of the band. That like, was probably the hardest partying era, except for when we shot the DVD. And, and everybody was on fucking probation. and Oh, right, right, right. Everybody was trying to keep it together for the most part. Even still, I look at that DVD and I'm like, I'm, I'm embarrassed of the person that, that used to be me talking into the camera. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel like that with most things. Well, and it was like by the time it came out, like by the time, by the, time the DVD got done, because uh, Mike Peterson from the Nug Nation, yeah. shout out to the NugNation.com, uh, Mike Peterson from Nug Nation uh, made our works, made our DVD. <laughs> By the time it came it. out, I was sober and on probation. Jerry was on probation. Like I think you had moved back to Chicago by that point. Um, Tay had quit the band. Jerry had left the band by that point. By the time that it actually came out, because we when we premiered it, Randy was pregnant with Reagan. Yeah. So the interview we gave is us like, hey, look at us. We're wild, crazy party animals. Woo, we just love touring and doing drugs. So like by the time it actually came out, it's like, well, you know, we're looking at getting a house and, you know, we're going oh to have to tear this whole wall down. And, <laughs> and it was the worst time to document us because it was like the saddest time. But there wasn't really a story. I feel like right after that, some shit kind of hit the fan, you know, and there's been at least a little TV-worthy drama. Well, there was there was drama during that time, but we didn't approach it as though we were trying to like make like a documentary. No, right. We yeah, treated yeah. it more we treated it more like a giant like, music video. 
giant music video or a giant press reel or right, something like right. that, like a giant press kit. But if we had if we had actually documented the drama that was going on at that time, it probably would have been a much more interesting DVD. It's oh, still yeah. really funny and interesting to watch. It just it you're right, it didn't tell the story or anything like that. Right. Uh I don't know. I feel like yeah, right before that some shit had happened and right after that some shit had happened. So it was just like and that tour specifically was so sterile, you know? Right. It was just like I think both you and I were both on probation, right? We were, yeah. And so we couldn't do drugs. We couldn't get drunk. We had to drop piss tests oh, well, on there, the road. I remember that. There is one scene <laughs> that takes place in um, – it takes place at a friend's house in Everett, Washington, and we are definitely using drugs oh, yeah. pretty flagrantly, like smoking gigantic joints and – and there's a scene where I want to say Logan dips down and does a big <laughs> yeah, old ripper. That, isn't that the Easter egg? Did we make it Easter Yeah, egg? there's like a yeah, little Easter egg. It's not him doing that. It's just him at the end going. <laughs> 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 he begged you not to put that in there, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And why, why the fuck does he have to lose? It's not like, oh, the family is going to leave. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, they're going to know. <laughs> it's a... It's like I all this time I was hoping they thought that I wrote these songs about partying and drugs, but it's all just a little gimmick, you know. No, it's no, all no. just a I sell record. I was talking about pizza and cake. <laughs> party guys. Yeah, yeah. We don't party unless there's Spider Man decorations. <laughs> but so Jerry um Jerry was in all those iterations of the band and uh and then eventually left and when um he started having kids and uh, just touring schedules weren't aligning and we were just, he was focusing more on White Fudge at the time. So we, we parted ways <laughs> after that. But Jerry uh, also founded, along with Fatty, you guys founded White Fudge. Yeah. And so over the year, founded. like, yeah, founded. <laughs> like that's, that's a pretty fancy way of saying that, got wasted and made up dirty raps to yeah, DGA, that's DJX like beats. My dad got assassinated. Like your dad got shot. He didn't. <laughs> my father was assassinated. <laughs> um, but I've been wanting to kind of find out what you've been working on since, because we were getting together every week and and at least trying to have white fudge rehearsal right and we we did the people versus white fudge album and we were kind of working on that stuff but tony had gone back to chicago there was so many members of the band and andy's got 100 projects and does the oriental and and chad's got 100 projects and he's got his health issues and Parker uh, was Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the Parker in, and um, is he still in White Fudge? <laughs> just asking. Just, I don't. I mean, he hasn't shown up to practice. <laughs> there are. I mean, to be truthful, neither have any of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to be perfectly fair, but then you know, uh, and Brad had his family and and all that stuff. So it was. And Ty has his family, and so it was just like getting that many people in one room at the same time was super difficult, and it was hard to like, it was hard to get traction and keep things and keep the momentum going. So, from what I understand, a lot of what you've been doing 
is you built you built a basic home studio in your basement. Yeah. And even saying basic, you know, it, it like underexpresses it because I've been over to your place and it used to just be like you had a computer and like a microphone and like some some keyboard stuff set up and the last time that I went over you've got full soundproofing you've got you know nice mixers and you've got uh, you know you, yeah. you're 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 like producing full on songs yeah so what have you been working on basically since we've stopped having white fudge rehearsals and and doing shows on you the know I we did a handful of like just old school DJ sets. Uh, we did that. Fuck. And so and and for those who don't know, what what are the old school DJ sets like? Uh, DJ B Rad, me and Fat Body, and then I, did you do the Mac the uh, Mac Lethal show with us? No, I didn't. I didn't do the Mac. So we Lethal did that, and then we did. Uh, we did UMS last year like that. I forget why we couldn't do full band. I think it was a, a stage space sort right, of Right, right. The Oriental had a stage there, but yeah, so... Well, Mac Lethal's <laughs> thing, like, they didn't want a full band. I think that was... Right, 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 right. Yeah, and there was some stipulation with the Oriental, with the Oriental stage... Because I don't know, they were squeezing us in between bands or whatever, so they didn't want to set up, and that sucked so fucking bad. Of all the times to not have a full band, because the Hot Eight brass band played right before us, who we <laughs> oh, had man. never heard, and they're amazing, and they're like these huge black guys, right? So, I mean, size wise, they're like each two hundred and fifty pounds at least. And then there's eight of them, right? And they're just like, so, you know, we're like in the little outdoor green room tent or whatever, and they're just like huge. We're like, whoa, what the fuck, right? And then so they get up before us, and they just smash it. Yeah, yeah. They played so really amazing band. fucking good. And they're like, you know, going in and out of fucking like classic rap songs and and you know and they're a brass band so throwing a party you know and they're like all great and horns and all this shit right and they fucking kill it and then then white fudge has to follow that at ums where everybody fucking walks around anyway you know and we're a fucking three piece, and people just see us setting up one fucking <laughs> turntable stand, and the place just fucking clears out. Oh no! They they see they see a tall, skinny white dude covered in tattoos with with giant holes in his ears, and a DJ and a band named White Fudge, and they go, Ah, no, thank you. Yeah. So like it's the huge crowd that was there for the fucking yeah, just gone. God, that sucks so but, bad. My but, band usually, but, we usually pride ourselves on clearing the room. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, when we did that Grateful Gnome show, we half cleared the room. Ah, that was so funny. You could tell because that's a all the widespread panic. Republicans fucking got up and got the fuck out of there, man. Dude, they did and all like of it. the people at table six there just to get a sandwich. Like, <laughs> we always wind up in a situation where it's like, 
are you sure you want us to play here? And like, and you the know, guys what our, went, you know what our band sounds like, right? Oh yeah, no, they'll love it. Yeah, there was there was a lot of guys with silver hair and and uh, and fly fishing lures in their hats and and Patagonia vests and hiking boots in the city that had their arms crossed and didn't even finish their fucking double IPAs before getting the fuck out of there, man. <laughs> wow. That was a that was a very specific Dude, it's the yeah, widespread yeah, panic his, hippie. Dude, it's 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 the widespread panic Republican, man. Oh yeah. The, the widespread panic Republicans are the ones who like they love to take mushrooms at a widespread panic show for a week at a time, but they don't want to give their employees health insurance. You know what I mean? Right. Like they like to drink cat craft beer and go, you know, get permits to raft the Grand Canyon. Okay, I know who you're but, talking about. Yeah, now. you know exactly who I'm talking about. That's enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean. Anyway, um, a mountain climber playing air guitar. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, well, one of the so one of the things oh. that so I, what I wanted what I wanted yeah, to sorry, explain yes, kind of is with White Fudge, we we were faced with this thing where it's like, well. Either this band is going to break up because it's so cumbersome to try and do stuff with this many players, or we need to start coming up with ways that we can do a show no matter what. So we have like the shows that are just the old school sets where it's just Brad and Fatty and, and Jerry yeah. going and doing shows. And then there's the shows that are like the full band sets where we have all Tuesday, the rest of the Tuesday, we're like, what are we playing? Well, who's coming? Yeah. <laughs> We playing the Chad songs? Yeah, yeah. Are we, we gonna play? Are we gonna? Are we gonna play this song? No, we need Chad for this. You one. got Chad? You got Brad? Neither. Ad free listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ad free. <laughs> no Chads, no Brad. No, we had almost the full band there on Tuesday night, and it was fucking. That great. was killer. No, uh, yeah. For me, I feel like. Were you just getting frustrated with just having like? Well, no. I mean, initially, I started. Getting the home studio going to demo shit and to be able to, you know, like right when Kennedy, my second daughter, was born, we had, uh, I just like couldn't leave the house. And then when I could, like, it was so hard to have practice all the time and shit. And then, like, for the songwriting process for us was so frustrating because it was so hard to get us all together so you know usually in the process of writing a song if you practice three Mondays right in a row you like start to write the song you listen to it throughout the week the next week you get together and you kind of tie up some loose ends the third week you like fucking drive it home and then it's a song right but when that takes like four months right to, to get that many you forget together, how, you forget how the song goes right right it's right, like right. does anybody have a recording of this so so Put i it on you're to, like what the fuck i don't even remember playing that right so yeah. i wanted to record shit to uh not lose it to not you know forget about it um and then, you know, kind of work with who we had when we had it. Right. Uh, and it's worked out well. I like it. I dig it. It's. Uh, I've been really impressed with all the stuff that you've been, um, that it's, you've been putting it's out. It's cool. I just, I literally just mastered a song today because I didn't uh, know how to fucking master music, you know? I'd never even right. attempted it. Uh, and uh, doing it in Logic is is pretty easy. It's like the uh, 
the turbo tax of music <laughs> you know <laughs> do you need a live studio analysis <laughs> do you need a live studio <laughs> now? Do you need someone to hold your hand now? But I, so, so I guess what I what I'm wondering is what I saw a bunny rabbit. So you <laughs> you haven't released anything, right? Like you haven't <laughs> seriously a fucking bunny rabbit. There's right a bunny. It heard us talking about it. <laughs> um, so you you haven't released anything, any of your like no solo stuff. Like no, this started out just as demos, and then you started and doing I, like I don't have like a grand scheme for a solo project or anything. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to do some shit to learn how to do it. You know, more right. more so than I'm not trying to fucking start a new project. I just wanted to record something to to learn how to use all of the different aspects. Um, of Serato and Logic and and get it all to work. It's well amazing. Together. It's amazing, like how technology can help you just like even communicate the ideas to like the it's people that so, you're collaborating with. It they make it so fucking easy now, and that's all of this shit, like that I have put into the studio. Like a lot of it is Brad stuff and Brian stuff that they just didn't have space Room for, for so they let you, you know? play with it exactly. Yeah. And then, but but I mean, all of it, it's gotten to the point now where you go to Guitar Center and in that weird right. back room that nobody ever fucking <laughs> goes, weird back the room. AV room, you're just like, who, what? <laughs> Who's buying this stuff? <laughs> Hello? I can't even afford picks. They, what don't, the fuck? they don't even have a cash register back here. <laughs> nobody actually buys this stuff, right? So, but you, they make everything is so streamlined and so fucking easy that you can just kind of do it's it's just become what you know what cost ten thousand dollars twenty years ago <coughs> is now completely obsolete and you can you can put a better product out for something that costs a hundred dollars. Well, it's and so I, yeah, fucking nuts. You can nuts. create almost any sound you can think of just at your fingertips. And, and right. what's what's yeah. cool? I love that for me. But I fucking hate that everybody has access to it because <laughs> it's exactly what's wrong with music now. Well, you know? but, but that's the thing that's is because the right. because every, everyone has access to it and it's open source, the technology will develop at such a like incredible rate right. that we will all benefit from it. Absolutely. You know, it's like we were talking, not on the last episode, but of the episode before we were talking about the the possible future of like lag-free um, uh virtual jam sessions like being able to virtually jam in the same room with your friends like with with zero latency and we were talking about how you know people like Paris Hilton do those online live events where they go perform and people you know go into this this meeting room it's like a the fucking the Wii village or whatever you call it you know, on like the Wii when you go into like oh, the big marketplace right, 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 or whatever. Right, right, right. It's like that type of thing, but like Paris Hilton is DJing and going like, hey, what's up? Shout out. out you know, and Bart was talking about how awful that is. And it's awful, but because that technology is being used in that way, it will continue to develop and demand for it will develop and other people will get a hold of it and make it more consumer grade. You know right. what I mean? It I mean it it cheapens the whole thing which sucks. But it levels the playing field sufficiently that you're able to write and create. As long as you have I that feel stuff. Like it all just depends on what you do with it. 
Yeah. And, and I feel like my timing is always bad with every move I've made, you know, in music. Like, I remember <laughs> trying to hit on a girl and being like, I'm in a band. She's like, everybody's in a fucking band. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just missed that fucking boat, right? Uh, and then I feel like that, like, I'm like, dude, I make my own beats. And literally, my neighbor across the street, I was, like, showing him my studio. And he goes, oh, yeah, dude, my son does this. He's talking about his 17-year-old son. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what like, my kid does. He's got some yeah, video game that does the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, and so it yeah. sucks, dude, because it's like, oh, yeah, I, I can produce my own music. And they're like, yeah, I have an iPhone, too. <laughs> oh, I dude, I, I teach a kid guitar and, like, audio engineering stuff, and he's got, he's got a sweet setup. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck you. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but... But now, now here's the other thing: is it it applies to the other end of of the continuum too? Is because of the level that technology has gotten to? Is we will be able to use it for our entire lives? You know what I mean? Right. Like, well, and at we, some point that has to set the bar musically, kind of like coming full circle with these fucking microphones, right. like. Now that the technology is so available and so user-friendly and so cheap and so easy, Cardi B, that's what you have to fucking show? Cardi B? You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. Like, at some point, it's got to be like, oh, fuck. Like, we have, you know, shit that they used to put into fucking Hollywood movies at our fingertips on our fucking phones, right? Like... <laughs> It's got to get better at some point. Well, it but but that's the thing is it is it is better in different areas of of that world of that that of that field. Unfortunately, you, it's still a machine. Well, yeah, but I mean, you look at people. Oh, yeah. You look at like major pop successes, and they are essentially the Coca Cola of music. Right. You know what I mean? You look at you look at that stuff, and and the reason it's so popular and so accessible is it is. It is scientifically engineered to, to be, to be popular with a lot of people. Right. But if you look at how many great bands are at our level and just starting out and, uh, you know, tiers above us and everywhere in between, just the quality of bands that you've never heard of is staggering. Like there are bands that we've met on tour who are some of the most talented and right. incredible people that you've ever seen, but literally nobody knows who they are. Right. You know, or they some people know who they are, like, you know, they've got they've got hundreds of thousands of fans around the world, but your parents have no idea who they are. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like they're bands that are like rock stars to you, but not. A but the guy right. sitting next to you on the bus doesn't even know that that world of music exists. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's it, no You're matter a, what. Riding the bus these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, Everything okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I've got a kid now. I get on there gotta with start the stroller. Thinking about the future. I get up there with the stroller and I go, "Excuse me, sir. Excuse me." <laughs> 
These seats, these seats are reserved <laughs> for people with special needs. And it's like, man, if I come up and finally, <laughs> <laughs> I've been that kid getting kicked out of his seat on the bus too many times. Hell Why? Because you fuck somebody? Uh, yeah, <laughs> dude. I I used to I used to be like that before I had kids. You know, just on the bus, just like ugh. I don't understand why you get two seats just because you can't wear a condom and da 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 da. Oh, and now, like now that I've got a kid, I'm like, yeah, give me Dude. stuff. Well, the idea of Hook riding a bus with kids is like... Oh, dude, I feel I feel for him. I feel dude, bad. Dude, when, when I see I people doing that, I'm like, that sucks. So bad for you and everybody else on the bus. And it, but, but here's what I got to say to that is I, up until the last two years of my life, have been a fucking unrepentant fuck up. Well, semi-repentant fuck up. And I still have a Hyundai accent with a fucking note on it. You know what I mean? Like I can, <laughs> right? I can still get an economy class car. Oh yeah, <laughs> D- yeah. I know. It's it's. Uh, you just have to fucking try. What I'm saying is, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It, it it and it definitely sucks. Get as a yourself parent. a fucking Hyundai accent. I can't even imagine being a single parent in a in a bus financial situation I you know. know what i mean like it sucks and it happens all like, the time like it, and where, that's exactly why i'm so glad that i'm done fucking people in alabama <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> good night everybody finally quit that one huh it's <laughs> so like i used to have this big problem fucking people in alabama oh man Not, nondescriptive just people Whoever. <laughs> um, uh, no. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what you were saying about... Uh, <coughs> who? Ah. Oh, yeah. You read my mind. Yeah. Or another, my journal. Another bowl of the loudmouth soup. Let's do it. Uh, no, but... Yeah, so, music loud. production. So, okay. <laughs> so, um, music production. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> So are you planning to use any of this stuff for White Fudge or yeah. are you planning to do this just as like like this this song that we're going to put on the episode today that's uh, at the end of the episode. Stay tuned for the end of the episode because we're going to play, um, we're going to premiere Ooh. one of Jerry's Pre- new tracks yeah. that he's been working on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty excited to hear now, it. I will, I will say this is that, and, and I mentioned this before on the Bard episode, is that you can you can do a lot at home, but there is something to be said for a professional studio that like then when you're ready to put those songs out, it like you're really ready to see those songs be reach their full potential, you go hire someone who's got the nice shit and the know-how and can make your record say sound the way that you want it to sound. But, absolutely. It's kind of like saying like you can buy all the same equipment that's at the gym and put it in your garage, but you'll never fucking use it because you. The well, you'll never get of, the results that you might get right, if you worked with a personal because, trainer. And if you leave the house and focus on doing just that, it becomes just that. And, you know, I feel like. And you have someone else to kind of keep you accountable. And right. Keep you in line. And especially like in Bart's situation, like that totally gives you that much more credibility, too. 
Because bands want to say, dude, I record in this fancy fucking place. They don't want to be like, it's in this dude's basement, you know, or it used to be a garage. Uh, well, there's there's bands that straight up invest money just in having someone's name on their record. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? They're like, they're like, this song was mixed and mastered by this guy who used to be in the Verve Pipe back in the nineties. And, and, and wow. that's that's a, a thing that's becoming more and more popular. Like that fucking uh not to say this is current, but that uh, Uptown Funk song. <laughs> they, they, very, all very the kids good. are listening to the Utah. I remember that. What's that song all the kids uh, are listening to? No, Uptown but, Funk? But uh, Upton Funk. That song is is listed as, what's his name? Mark Bronson? Mark Ronson? Mark Ronson, yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 Featuring... Uh, why can't I think of his fucking name? Come on, Jerry. It's current. Who's Bruno the Mars. Fucking Bruno Mars. But I'm saying that dude produced, wrote the fucking song, and then got a fucking star to sing it. And right. instead of being like, Bruno Mars, you know, he's he, like. You know, he made, he owes money on that song. Every time he gets played, he loses money. <sighs> Because he sampled so many different people. Really? And they all came after him. And it was like something but, like but I'm 130%. Saying we so live, like every time he gets played, we live he in has a to day and age where producers are almost like rock stars. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, nobody gave a fuck who recorded songs. I mean, you know, there's always been these huge producers, Quincy Jones and fucking, you know. Which like, is, which yeah, is, but Dre's got a studio in the basement. <laughs> right. So so and this is so this is my point is that I want I basically want to be Kyle Jones. As soon as we recorded with him, I have wanted to be that man award-winning producer Kyle Jones. That fucking dude who mixed the hit Handlebars by the Flowbots, right? And, and that dude is like I think I recorded he's, there. He's one of the only people I know. Yeah, you did. I think I recorded there for like a day. Uh-huh. Yeah, you've done you did some stuff on the People vs. White Fudge record. The travel channel shit there. Mm. Anyway. Uh but that dude has a home studio and he has learned so well. I mean, you know, he's using Pro Tools, he's got real deal shit, but it's it's completely custom to how he wants it. And he's got so many Instruments plugged in and ready to go at any time. That's why you got yours that way. That he could just be like, oh, you know, dun, 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 yeah. let's put a fucking clavichord in there. I have one right here, ready yeah. to go. You know, it was like plugged musical playground. Right. And not fuck who you're recording. It It's made for him. Like, it's completely built around the engineer. Like, to the point where, you know... But his his studio is not really like a yeah, live, band, a live band studio. I wouldn't call his studio a home studio either. Just like I wouldn't call the Crash Pad a home studio. Right? No, no, no. you know he's what I mean. It, he's definitely you have a professional level. studio in your home. You know, it's like right. if if Led Zeppelin fucking set up a practice space in fucking you know Jimmy Page's garage. Would that make them a garage band? No, you know what I yeah, mean. A professional it, studio is the grade of your gear with the professional knowledge to run it. And do you make your living off of you know? Are you are you at the point where you're a master enough at your craft, where you are where people are coming to you to work on their projects? Like Kyle Jones does some pretty big stuff out of his huge studio. Stuff, yeah. Yes, he did. He did 
Did he track the Flowbots record, or did he just mix Handlebars? He, which is no, he tr- he tracked that whole record. He did that whole mixed record. it, mastered it. Um, they got signed off of that recording. They got signed off of that recording, and, and he then, did the best White Fudge album to date. And and basically, Bust so they up. they Bust sent it to. Uh, you think so? Yeah, we'll get back to that. Continue your thought, Jerry. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know if Bustin' Out was really an album, though. Yeah, yeah you're right. It was a, no. It was fun, the, pe- the People versus White... Okay. That's really good. The People versus White Fudge, I think, is the best White Fudge album, but Colfax of Life was the album that was the iconoclastic White Fudge album. The See, one where we like and that, that's another did one. a new level of production value for anything that we had done to that point. Right. Colfax Life was like including fourth studio. year stuff. Like Colfax that was a home that studio. Was a home. It was his entire home. And like it's what he lived in. And yeah. that was another dude that really inspired me. Adam because, Arate, yeah. Because yeah, he he just fucking does it. He just produces what whatever needs to be in there. He'll find a fucking way to put it in there. Well, and his background is mostly like uh, EDM, all EDM, EDM, all right? EDM. And so he had never even he didn't even really listen to hip hop. He didn't. He even, didn't really do anything that required having musicians in the studio. He was really he was really impressed with anybody who can play guitar. Do, well, yeah, because. He would be like he never needed it. So he used Ableton. He loved it, and so you know he'd be like, okay, well, let's go through these bass samples and see if we can find something that works good for that. And then I'd be like, dude, we could just call Andy Burke on. He's like, you know somebody that can really play the bass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how Andy joined the band too, right? I, yeah, I think that's how absolutely. everybody, everybody in the band joined the band except for Ty. It was yeah. like the whole band, like all the musicians, like me, Andy, Brad, whatever, everybody came together, and then it was like, Ty, you want to play drums for it, right? Yeah, See, yeah, and yeah. that's why I say White Fudge is one of those bands. It's like a stray cat. It doesn't, nobody ever meant for this to be a band in the first place. It just kind of happened. And Finley's been in that there's band too. There's been so many times He's jammed with us before. when yeah. we've been like, all right, you know, whatever. And then something will come along, and then we'll be like, dude, we fucking rock so hard. It's like, <laughs> it's a stray band, you know? Well, let me ask you something, I, I Jerry. Remember, I remember, oh, I, there ahead. was another member that, um, that I think is always often forgotten, and I saw you guys play with him at Bender's. It was you, Fatty, and... Oh, fuck, fuck what was that kid's name? Was, was it A-Rack? No, it no. wasn't A-Rack. It was, it was a buddy of ours who had, was his name James? He had he had like a CD scratcher. That's remember, that's yeah. definitely the one. <laughs> yeah, that's back when we were still backpack rapping, dude. There's there's a picture somewhere of us at a Golden Grills party that our buddy Adam oh, yeah. threw at Bender's. Yep. That was it, all of us are wearing fucking way too big Broncos jerseys. And we've got <laughs> fake ass gold grills. Back when Mike Williams was in the band, yep. Mike Williams is another one that's forgotten. We, yeah, dude, Mike, we look, we look like Aurora the band, dude. It's, Mike Williams it's just had a baby, by the way. Did he? Mm-hmm. Right on. Good for Mike Williams. His first? Yeah. Oh. So, so Jerry, let me let me ask you something. Good for him. What? It it is undeniable how how good White Fudge is like as far as musicianship as far as your writing goes as far as your ability as a rapper yeah, goes Jerry can fucking what do you think rap. has been the thing that has held White Fudge back because to me that is a band that has never gotten the credit that we deserved I feel like this like 
we have always done what we wanted to do. Right. With no regard for who's going to like it or how that's going to come off. And like we were saying the other day, when we when we wrote most of these songs, Eminem was top 40. And now you play for there's been a dramatic dramatic change in music and in music fans and in what you know and it's weird looking back now and, well, Lyra, you know. I, to 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 clarify just because you threw out the phrase we should clarify that like at the time that that we were listening to hip hop and the music that we were listening to lyrical content was a lot more over the top. Absolutely. Like we grew up we grew up listening to Snoop and Brother Lynch Hung. Eminem was big when we were in high yep. school. Fucking, you know, like we came around at a time when hip hop was and raw again, and vulgar. And that's exactly what we did, uh, you know, but we fucking missed that boat. And it's it's very hard to to pull that off as a bunch of weird little white dudes. You know, we didn't look the part we didn't the gathering of the juggalos. <laughs> See, I don't I don't even think that would work for White Fudge. See, here's what I've always seen with White Fudge is and we had the same thing with fourth year too. Do you remember when we got that write up in Razor Cake and the guy saw the fourth year regulators album and he barely says anything about the music? He just talked about how much he hated us as people. <laughs> is that the one where because the, middle of how we said, look? Is, the middle of it says, are they kidding? Yeah, yeah. It just says, are these guys fucking kidding? <laughs> and it's like, and the answer to that question is, yes. yes. We were fucking kidding, dude. And that's when we the made, thing, like, when, when we, like When we made the, the band picture, we're like, dude, let's do the whole thing where we're just holding guns and we have our shirts off. And right. there's like a post-apocalyptic wasteland button. Yeah. <laughs> and it's stupid. And we thought it was funny. And like with White Fudge, That's like the thing. we would Jerry would write a rhyme like 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 one of my favorite White Fudge rhymes of all time I've is got like a bunch. she um the, these bitches say it hurts like birth and reverse. reverse. <laughs> she she told me slow down, ship from third to first, so what do I do? Keep pushing like a turd that hurts? Like, dude, that raunchy, like there's Okay, but, but so, that, so it when, was when, weird that like so we would we've done these songs so many times that like we would we see don't girls, it. we would see girls just like offended walking out and we're like what's that just like problem yeah you just know? like cringing and people getting upset and it's like <laughs> when we were I'd say in our early twenties was when PC backpack rap started becoming really popular you know you're seeing people like Sage Francis. Yep. And Brother Ali. And I, by the way, mad respect to any of the people I named or am about to name because they're really good at what they do. But like really serious, politically correct, socially conscious fucking backpack rap became really huge. And we were still very much stuck in the 80s and the 90s where like. Hip hop was a lot Tanks more to shit. Well, where it was That's kind like all of the music we listened to, it's like there was a CD book or a tape, a tape book, you know, that was just only eighties and nineties music, and that's just Dude, what we had. Not only that, we were punk rock kids in a hip hop group. You know what's you so know what's we funny? were listening to Guar 
and anal cunt. Oh yeah. And fucking and like the Quincy Punks and Gigi Allen and all this stuff. And then we, you know, got a little bit older and started kind of embracing like, yeah, we like listening to big timers and Snoop and fucking all this and Brother Lynch and Eminem and all this shit too. So we tried incorporating that, but the audience that is attracted to a hip-hop band hears what we're saying and many if not most of them like are horribly offended because they don't see the cartoonish caricature aspect of the band because they don't realize we're kidding right i mean (laughs) and that's and that's the thing like because you guys aren't smiling when you're rapping well we (laughs) we're smiling our asses off we made and everything was so much fun for Maybe us. Wear and a that's wig. the thing. Like when people are Clown like knows. when people are like, Well, dude, if you you know, just didn't use so many curse words and uh, you know, like actually focused on it, you could like make a real song and I'm like, Yeah, but what's well, hilarious about that? <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, like and, even even the name White Fudge, I wanna say that you and Fatty settled on that because it was the most like it was really easy to blatantly <laughs> fucking immature name you oh could have come God, up with. Oh my yeah, yeah, and it's it was terrible for looking it up. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it was just so easy to rhyme with, and that's where all the parodies came from because it rhymes with my love, which, I mean, you yeah. can put it anywhere, you know. Yeah, fudge loosely rhymes with love, so you can rip off a million and songs. fuck. So like you can you can sub fudge for for fuck and love Not, and like. then and then later we kind of we started in in the songs referring to white fudge w- meant cocaine yeah. you know it was like it was like wet free ba- like wet pure cocaine and before see, it's been that, processed that's the other thing is it, it, that kind of fueled that is that we were all doing a lot of drugs then. Yeah. You know? Let me well let me ask let me ask someone who who comes to see us a lot and has been outside of the band Gordo, what like when you see a a white fudge show, like is it blatantly apparent the like our intentions and the sense of humor that's been behind it or I always enjoy seeing bands that are just having a really good fucking time. See, and that's that's like <laughs> What I've I don't noti- take things super literally or yeah, serious. you don't take. I don't. I don't. Really well, you're a child of the '90s too, I don't know. so like right. you, you were in bands in the '90s. So you and tongue and, firmly and in, in 80- cheek, right? Yeah. Tongue firmly in cheek. Like there's, like there, like you look at someone like uh, Fat Mike from No Effects, right? Who got himself in a whole lot of hot water just for being Fat Mike from No Effects. You know if. If it's it's amazing to me that Guar doesn't take more shit than well, than they do. They're, they're actors playing aliens from another planet yeah. that can say whatever they but want. But people you still know, got offended part about of it. Yeah, but I think yeah, I yeah. think if those guys would have been dressed in jeans and a t-shirt, they would have been looked oh, at yeah. a little harsher. You know. Well, and so that was Probably. that was another thing that you know i wanted to record some shit just to prove to myself that i could do that that i could make something you've had a much more serious and introspective we should listen to, that to your stuff yeah for sure and, and i it's funny because uh, so you know in the in the song there's uh is it the one i'm thinking of yeah right. bad bad man that's what it's called it's uh so i'm trying to explain to my kids today basically what we just 
talked about it, but kind of last minute, I made the decision to uh, to put the uh, audio from a newsreel. Do you remember? I don't know. It was probably four or five years ago when the fucking dude did like get all potted up and dry. that. No, guy? No, 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 no. The dude did uh, uh, like real fucking Grand Theft Auto. He was on the news. He was like pulling people out of their cars and fucking slamming into another car and jumping out and pulling that guy out of his car. Uh-uh. It, it, was, it was in the this Denver isn't the metro guy in, area. Okay, this isn't the guy in Granby that went on a No. Uh, and so I was like, I used some audio from that and made it, made it, I kind of implied that they're talking about me, you know? <laughs> Because you have your own studio. And Regan's like, what? Daddy, did that really happen? And I'm like, yeah, but it wasn't me. And she goes, so why would you put it in your song? And I was like, well, because that's just what rap is, is like pushing the embellishment of how fucking badass you are. Well, and utilization. all All of those songs in the 90s were about murdering people and None of those people murdered anyone, you know? <laughs> right. Well, but and, uh, that uh, was uh, what... Especially in, in rap and hip-hop, so much of it was, like, taking stuff that was really going on and then either glorifying it or romanticizing it or um, fictionalizing it in some way or... Right. Or... Uh, you don't do the cloud con- anymore? Conflating it with their own experiences, you know? Like, it's, it's the same thing of, like, people... <laughs> Like okay, one one of the shows that's starting to get big right now is that show Chernobyl, right? It's a whole series about a a nuclear catastrophe, a yeah. half a world over. You know what I mean? But they're at the end of the day, these people are trying to create a show that's entertaining for people. So they're telling these stories about like fucked up crazy shit that really <laughs> happened. Like there's a market for people to want to like hear fictionalized. It, you've seen it already, right? Say that I haven't seen it yet, and, I, and, no. and the, not that the Chernobyl thing is fictionalized, <coughs> but people want to see dramatized retellings of absolutely of things that happened. I mean, dude, one of the most popular shows on television of all time has to have been The Wire, right? And The Wire is all just basically like crime stories about Baltimore or, or unsolved mysteries. Badass. Yeah, The Wire is pretty unsolved bad. mysteries, unsolved mysteries, dramatizations. Yeah. Yeah, people. People if you like or anyone you know. Love that shit. <laughs> well, and that's and if you have any information. If you have any information, <laughs> according to Lindsay, <laughs> dude, unsolved according, mysteries. According was to funny a nosy bitch down the street, he's hanging by his neck in his fucking closet. <laughs> <laughs> that's if a, you have any information about two men chasing bunnies. <laughs> The that's, suspects that were last seen chasing bunnies outside a federal penitentiary. <laughs> if you have any information, call our hotline. <laughs> that yeah, that show was like, it was because, you know, I don't know, three quarters of it was like actual crime mysteries. And then they would throw in like some bizarre aliens UFO or a ghost. story. Yeah, Bigfoot. or like a ghost story. And you're just like, what? Why? You were doing so good. I, I know, exactly. It's like, you were doing so well. Why did you have to go there? It's Why? like, so am I supposed to call your hotline if I see this serial murderer and Bigfoot? <laughs> Is it a package deal? Do I have to? He was last seen. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Stack. Dude, you know what's you know what's kind of fun? And I was thinking about this with, like, Robert Stack and Leslie Nielsen, to go off on a wild tangent here, is... 
because of how long their careers were, respectively, like by the time we were born, they had already completed entire careers and had started new careers in these other type of roles. You know what I mean? Right. Like before we were born, before Unsolved Mysteries was a thing, Robert Stack was like a legitimate actor who had been in a bunch of big Hollywood movies. We well, just right. found a good job. And he was, in, in fact, he was so popular that they were like, I think our audience will really respond if we take... A, a distinguished elderly, you know, actor like Robert Stack, and we Ronald Reagan. put him on this show. Or like, <laughs> dude, Ron, by the time we were born, Ronald Reagan had an entire the career actor. of movies. Exactly. Yeah. So like, by the time we're born, that's, we that's only... how we knew Ronald Reagan was also. Yeah. An actor. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, the president's an actor. <laughs> dude, have you ever seen any it of the president's again. movies? No, I, I have no interest in seeing any of the president's movies. <laughs> But like I don't think I've ever Robert seen Stack, all we know him from is like Airplane and Unsolved Mysteries. Leslie Nielsen, all we know him as is fucking Lieutenant Frank Drebin, like in Naked in Gun. the Naked Gun movies and shit like that, or like movies that are based upon Leslie Nielsen still playing that same stupid character. He was uh, Dracula right. and Dead and Loving It. Yeah. But if you look, oh, he was also in Repossessed. He played the priest in Repossessed. Have you seen that one? No. He does this like lousy garbage Irish accent through the whole thing. It's really bad. Um, it's it's a spoof on. I'll get right uh, on that. Oh, dude, it's it's a parody of The Exorcist. Repossessed. You've never seen it. It's so bad, dude. I'll get right on that. So bad. You remember when we'd be on the in the van if the like, gross or something was the more you had to get your friends to eat it. All I remember is hey, there this was is terrible. You got to try it. All I. <laughs> All I remember is there was a, like, I was like 10 years old at some, you know, latchkey kid's house up the street. And uh, we were watching that movie. And there was a scene where, like, the, like he's like teaching a class in Catholic school. And there's this, you know, big boob girl in the front row who's like trying to flirt with him and is like pulling up her dress to show her legs. And he's like, Young lady, you're being very distracting. Please pull down your dress. And she goes, she goes, sure, and pops her boobs out. And there's like this big like boom, oh, wacky schmacky, you know. <laughs> but me and my the latchkey kid, we just paused it on that part. But like, <laughs> like we're just like trying to get it frame by frame to the part where you can just see this yeah. girl's boobs. Yeah. That's like all I remember. Oh, and he sang "Devil in a Blue Dress" to the possessed girl to like get the devil out of her. I do remember that. <laughs> Anyway, so we only ascribe those aspects of those people's careers. But, like, Leslie Nielsen was, like, like have you ever seen any of the old movies that he was in? Like, like early on in his career? Dude, he was, like, a hunky leading man in, like, dramatic roles and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah dude. And we just... I buy it. Because of when we were born, we have no idea. But that... Is what he will and always even, be remembered even for. Even if you see it, you're like, "That's weird. Why is he acting like that?" That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the funny guy. This He's isn't funny. funny. Yeah, turn it off. This is awful. <laughs> this is worst. This is worst movie. This movie sucks. <laughs> and he like probably at the end of his life was like looking back at this like, "I used to be a legitimate serious actor." Right, but Ronald Reagan. Like, do you think at the end of his life he was like, ah, "Thank God for." Uh, Back to the Future, making a reference, <laughs> so people knew that I had a life before president. Thank God. <laughs> you see, you see, I was an actor. I wasn't making it up. Okay, Grandpa. 
Take your meds. Uh, I was saying the other day about how the longer you're into music, the more you fear becoming that guy at the bar. Oh, the, uh, the, yeah, I used to have a band back in high school. I used to be somebody. We used to play shows way better than this piss hole. You young people don't Jeff, know what it's Jeff, like. Jeff, keep it down or I have to kick you out. <laughs> Dude, Sorry, we just, Cindy. We just had this conversation at band practice earlier today. like Becoming that guy? About being that guy and, and about how we try not to be that person, almost underplaying the fact that you know, you play in a band. Dude, I'm totally know, turning it's into so that annoying. guy. I, yeah, so I play in a band, but not like, like that. that. Not like that. Not. Oh, no. I'll, t- I'll tell you one way that I've been doing it for a few years now is anytime I see somebody come into the bar and they give me an ID that says like 1995, 1996, 1997 on it, I go, I went to my first show in 1995, or my band played our first show in 1997. <laughs> yeah, that's you my could way of stop doing that. Yeah, that's my way to impress a 22-year-old with the fact that I'm in a band. Like, wow, he's old. Oh, really? You mean you've been on the planet longer than I have? Fuck, dude. <laughs> what was it like before the internet? <laughs> So's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I remember. I'm becoming a when I was your age guy. Oh my god! Like, like you kids don't understand what punk rock show is like. Like you see the people that are like, like man, punk rock used to be dangerous. Punk rock used to be crazy. Back when I went to shows, we used to just punch each other in the face with nailed boxing gloves and <laughs> destroy each other's brains with harpoons. It was crazy. That's bad. That's how you listen to music. This can't. You know what's funny is we're the first generation that can do that with hip hop. That we be, you call that rapping. That ain't rapping. Dr. Dre made rap music. <laughs> I'll tell you who made rap, rap music. Dr. Dre made rap music. I just it's, saw that. Have you seen there's a viral it's, it's the video? It's the first generation of, that can do that. That's right. Because the generation in the 90s could have been saying they've been listening to hip hop since the 70s. But hip hop in the '90s was way better. Right. That was that was that was the hate. You no, know, it was the golden age. Everybody listened to it then. But uh, it, have you guys seen? There's a viral video of Snoop Dogg making fun of new rappers. Have you seen that? Oh, so funny! All these niggas rap the same. Talking about. But he's right. Dude, it's not gonna it's not gonna be long before Snoop Dogg is shaking his pimp cane at the kids <laughs> on his lawn. He's man. already shaking his calling that rap music. Now get off my lawn, motherfucker. He's he's shaking his pimp chalice over at the kids across the street. I gotta wake up early and do a Cadillac commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude, Snoop Dogg will do a commercial for anybody, man. Dude, when you're in Southern California, you really understand that because every other commercial on the radio Come on down to Wilkinson, Honda, and Toyota, motherfucker. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, this is Snoop D-O-Double-G for <laughs> Universal Toyota. Reminding you to come down and get some good deals on new and used automobiles. Don't meet me there, beat me there. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, all those beers are left over from the um, the Billy Ray Cyrus rap party. Rap, rap party? Uh, party? Well, you know, we did that We did that Angel in My Pocket video. <coughs> right. And we, we had a rap party. 
<laughs> and I, I only got to I only got to hang out for like an hour of it, but there was tons of burgers and dogs and beer and all the kids hung out. But one of the most interesting parts is one of the guys who does our um who does our three D printing, like makes all the the Just download a gun. The guy who does all the three D printing for um for the nugs. He uh he's dating this woman who is a former producer at CNN. And so oh. we sat and talked about what her crazy ass job at CNN was like. Like she produced, you know the Decades series? Yeah, yeah. She produced a couple of those. No shit. Like she produced the um the 60s one. That's cool. And part of her job was basically writing Trump stuff every day. Like they would get together in a room and you know, it's CNN, so they're like their bread and butter is just like smashing on Trump. President Trump, like President Trump rips a fart in the face of a child, like right. like all day long. Right. What That's, else do you got, dude? And she was like, she That's was like, worthy. Well, dude, but she was like, she was like, the reason I quit is it's just like, can we please report on something else? And like. She's like, she's like, people, people would write and they would complain and all this stuff. And, and I would be like, I am with you. Stop fucking reading it. Stop watching the videos and we'll stop making this stuff. But pretty much every day, every meeting was just like President going in, just like something that he had tweeted overnight. And then they would just go in and their whole job was just to spend all day ripping it apart. It's fucking crazy. It was really interesting. It was interesting. But that's where all, all those right. beers are from. We back in? Party. <laughs> from Donald Trump. Is this the And We're Back part and do the sponsors? Bohemia. And we're back. Brought to you by Bohemia. Bohemia. Gonna the give only a- beer a gay guy ever wrote a song about. <laughs> <laughs> a rap city about specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Let's give a quick shout out to our sponsors. <laughs> Bohemia. Matula Plumbing. Matula. <laughs> Des Plaines, Illinois. Shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. Angie's List, Super Service Award winner back in 2011. He'll wear the booties for you. Master of Poopers himself, Jerry Matula. Tell Jerry the boy sent you. Evergroove Studio in Evergreen, Colorado. Solar powered. Solar powered. State of the art recording studio, video and audio recording studio, mm. retreat style location up in the Shadow Mountain region of Ever Evergreen. Uh, and just the sweetest bunch of people you could ever meet. It's uh we're we're working on our new album, which we were supposed to have Brad on today, but Brad's sick. He was like he was like, I'll be coughing the whole time. He just, oh, like me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but like even more. Like he he didn't he wanted to come over and do a good job. So we're gonna get him on. Uh, probably the next time we'll have Brad on the show will be when we do the uh, live stream listening party once the record comes out. So stay yeah. tuned for that. Uh, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios, the official practice space of MF Ruckus and White Fudge and any other project we happen to be working on. And some guy that's trying to fuck somebody. Yeah, and <laughs> some guy that's trying to fuck somebody. Rocket Space, you ain't gotta carry shit. And if you're fast, you might be able to fuck somebody. <laughs> Tell Kate. <laughs> the boys you work on your time, girl. I'm down to a minute 20. Hey, man. The, the hourly... Well, hold on. Does the hourly breakdown at... 
rocket space, how does it compare to a motel? Like, if you go to an hourly motel, that's gross. But if you go to Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios, that's it's it's clean. It's less gross, but it's gross what you're doing to that less gross place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's gross, but it's like there's not a mattress in the room that everybody is using for that express purpose. Right. Like, most people are going there to play music. You're the only person going there to right. fuck. I, don't, I didn't realize that Rocket Space was one of your sponsors and would probably not have brought this up. <laughs> 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 Come on down to Rocket Space. Flipside music on South Tacoma in Denver. Boutique style specialty pedal guitar and amplifier store uh, with helpful, knowledgeable staff, especially our buddy Ike who runs that joint. All the stuff you want, none of the stuff you don't. Stop by and tell Ike the boy sent you. The boy sent you. Uh, After dark. Uh, who am I? Oh, the Nug Nation. Yeah, look where we're This place. podcast is recorded at the Nug Nation Studios here in beautiful Denver, Colorado. The studio that brought you the Angel in My Pocket video by Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ocean. And unlike Billy Ray Cyrus, they definitely don't phone it in over here at the Nug Nation. No, sir. They do the finest work in the Billy world of, Ocean. of uh, cannabis lifestyle stop motion animation content. Have you seen the other video, by the way? The Billy oh, yeah. Ray, the one that he's in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wait, which, you which see one? <laughs> it's the big one. Old Town Road. Oh, yeah. Old Town Road? How is it? He it's... has an acting part in it that he, that he speaks into a microphone for. <laughs> So he does know how to use a microphone. Yeah, yeah. He got the tutorial. Maybe he wanted to phone it in. That was yeah. part of the charm. Maybe he thought it would sound cool. Or maybe somebody was like, Billy, this time you're saying your lines into a goddamn microphone. Because the little pieces of weed on the internet are making fun of you. Thenugnation.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, See all the nugs in their wacky adventures through the town of Nugville. Ounce for ounce, the best homegrown comedy in years. And home to the motherfucking podcast and a bunch of other cool stuff. Uh, oh, the motherfucking podcast is a mutiny transmission. Mutiny Transmissions is a media service division of Mutiny Information Cafe in Denver, Colorado at 2 South Broadway, right in the heart of Denver. It is a is a cultural oasis in the middle of the barren wasteland that is... You can tell that <laughs> because the address is two. Two. It's like close to the middle. Like It's a grid system, you simple bitch. When I work and I get an address of somewhere I'm going and it's like 13605... You're like, that's Broomfield. That's, that's too many that's numbers. That's Trump voter central. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> you got five letters. Fucking two, two zip codes. This MAGA motherfucker ain't going to tip me shit. Eight. <laughs> What's the zip code? Is eight oh 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 three six four. Oh, way out there. Books, records, coffee, comic books, live events, and just uh, an amazing cast of characters in the loudest bathroom key you've ever heard in your life. 
Uh, Mutiny in Vermont. The, in, a gigantic one. Oh, gigantic. It's, like, a, it's like a Folgers coffee cup with a chain on it that has and a, a gigantic, giant fake key. A giant fake antique looking key that's probably about a foot long and then it has the actual key. Like, like they want to shame you out of using their bathroom. <laughs> or, and yet everybody uses it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, they're almost daring you to steal that, right? <laughs> oh, man. I really, <laughs> I really <laughs> got to take a shit. I hope no. I can do this privately since I'm about to shit. And you put it on the big metal hook when you're done. Yeah. It, just, it just clings together. You know who designed done. that? A the- jailer from the Middle Ages? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same motherfucker that decided that the light rail should give you gold dollars when you put a $20 <laughs> bill in there. Knowing damn well that you're getting off at oh. fucking 16th in California, bum central. <laughs> Do you have any spare change, sir? No, no. sorry. Clean, just this pocket full of gold <laughs> coins. <laughs> But none for you. None for you. I need these for pirate spending. Yeah. <laughs> All I have is this pocket full of gold doubloons. <laughs> I'll be laying them over the eyeballs of my dead relatives this evening. You sure you don't have any spare change? Yar, when I kill the pirate king, I'll be placing these over his eyes on his way to the river Styx. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, no, dude, same like, guy. Like, same and, guy. And, and and you don't you don't want to skip <coughs> oh, a ticket because like getting getting on the light rail without a ticket, like they treat you like a legit criminal. You take it. Like they write you a ticket. I went to jail for a light rail ticket once. <laughs> like I got picked up, had a straight up warrant for my arrest because I got a I got a ticket for lighting the riding the light rail without a, a I think I remember that. And I was like, I'm not gonna pay that. And they were like, Oh yes, you are. We're gonna put you in the can, you fucking filthy rotten How scumbag! How dare you? How go dare somewhere you? on a train that was already on its way there? <laughs> hey, remember when my parents went out of town in <laughs> high school and we water uh, in time? Uh, and we we stole uh, we stole bags of ice <laughs> from the Conoco for the party we were having, and a fucking Colorado State Trooper <laughs> came to my dad's house. And put cuffs on us and drove us back to the gas station and made us return it. And the lady at the gas station was like, how dare you? How dare you steal from this store? And she's getting upset and we're like, oh, sorry. It was water and time, lady. That's what we stole from you. Yeah, we stole water and time from you. That's it. And temperature. <sighs> Did I get all the sponsors? Mutiny Information, Information Cafe. Cafe. Patreon. Yeah, oh, one. and last but most, you amazing, beautiful, sexy motherfuckers who back us via a small recurrent contribution on patreon.com slash mfruckus. You guys make the goddamn world go around. We are doing some really cool stuff. Those of you guys who have been following this show and you've seen how much it's grown since episode one, those of you who have been who are awaiting the album to come out, those of you who have seen the write-ups we've been getting lately and just like... The very slow, very incremental um, (laughs) character arc of this band. Um, You guys are the driving force behind that. Thank you so, 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 so much. We could not have done any of this without you guys. You mean the world to us. Oh, uh, I had a meeting, uh, just a quick housekeeping thing. I had a meeting with um, Macy Little, our animator, and Jake Fairley, the illustrator of The Front Lines of Good Times. And the motion comic is going to be done soon. Um, 
July 26th at Lost Lake. We are going to be having a premiere for the Chapter 2 motion comic, and we will be releasing the print edition of Chapter 3 of The Front Lines of Good Time. So that is going to be a super fun night. It is going on at the same time as UMS, but I kind of feel like the people who are who come to see our band are either too old for UMS mm-hmm. or are sick of UMS and don't give a shit about it. Like, I feel like... Here's my thing about UMS. Um, walking. <laughs> Holy so shit. So much walking. They, they, they pitch it as if there's going to be kind of bands everywhere, and there are, but there's a very operational Broadway still happening, you know? Yeah. It's not, there's, it's too spaced out. I don't know. It's crowded. It's hot. It's hot. There's nowhere to sit. Yeah. It costs $7 for a drink. Yeah, I, you know what? I just don't even want to go out anymore. (laughs) Dude, do you remember, it wasn't UMS, it was (laughs) Westward uh, Music Showcase, the Piping Hot Whiskey. Oh, yeah, when we were inviting people. Piping Hot Whiskey. Come join us out in the van for a Piping hot whiskey shots. Get your piping hot whiskey. whiskey it was the whiskey that was sitting in the van all day. Yeah, it had been it had been in like the hot ass van all day, just all like day. and I mean boiling hot whiskey. It was hot. We were piping hot it. whiskey. And Logan is just offering strangers in the in the alley piping hot whiskey. And then we got a review. There was a write up, yeah, that, that mentioned like the piping hot whiskey. Yeah, or, just like <laughs> Yeah, they shredded it, and then they went outside and started offering strangers <laughs> shots of piping hot whiskey. <laughs> Straight out the barrel. That was fun. Dude, that was the – well, so so things like the Westward Music Showcase, like I told you we got retired from the Westward Music Showcase, right? No. Like Tony thought I was making this up. There's a thing called the, the Westward Music Showcase All-Stars. And it's all the bands like us and Frontside Five and King Rat and, like, all the bands that used to play Bannock Street Garage and stuff like that. It's, like, the title they gave us before they told all those bands, basically, you're too old to be playing on this showcase anymore. Like, we want to get new talent in. Like, most most of these showcases and stuff like that, they, like, especially with UMS, they don't Why even want... Why would they just it? put it all in the same place, then? What? What do you mean? Why wouldn't they just make a fucking venue have all those people in it? Well, but they have different kinds of bands playing at all these different bands. It's, it's, it's their nice way of different telling kinds us to, of young. It's, bands. it's their way, of, nice way of telling us to fuck off. Well, it's yeah, to they, politely fuck off. Well, it, it, a lot of these like showcases, what they want is they want bands that do not yet have an established presence. They want bands that are kind of no, like you know what they on want? the rise. They want bands that'll do it for two drink tickets and the possibility <laughs> of getting laid. They're they're like ooh, you know what I mean? That's no longer. A form of payment to us anymore. Yeah. We're just like this band is starting to ask for things. Let's <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> we give back. What about the whiskey? Yeah, we did give back piping hot whiskey shots to all our piping hot, hot whiskey. whiskey. Get your piping hot whiskey. Peanuts, popcorn, piping hot, hot whiskey. whiskey. <laughs> it was so bad. No, so yeah, so we're gonna throw a show at Lost Lake on July twenty sixth, and Ooh. then we're also doing um, Maggie's Farm Dispensary is throwing a big party for the opening of one of their new dispensaries in North Pueblo. So on July 27th, we're going to go play uh, up at that festival with Reno Divorce and the Atomic Drifters. That's going to be a fun one. And then we haven't announced this yet because we haven't confirmed it, but 
it looks like we're going to go do a double header that day. And um, we're going to go play at the bar across the street from the Black Monarch in Victor, Colorado. So we're going to go stay at the, the Black Monarch and have a little family, uh, little family retreat up there. Dude, uh, totally sideswiping you here. Okay. But when, when you said Maggie's Farm, it got me thinking about uh, two days ago I was working. I was catering an event in Elizabeth, Colorado, and then I had a double that was in Parker. And so I took Highway 83, which becomes Parker Road, and I passed the tree farm. Oh, the tree oh, farm. Oh, my God. I cringed just seeing that. I was it talking was, to Zach about that the other day. Dude, those were, the, those were some of the most fun I was show. There for that. Man, I, I went, tried to drop into a half pipe that night. 30, 40 times unsuccessfully. <laughs> to give just some to give some plant. context. Plant. That's face, right before this, I moved, that's face. right before I moved out here by the way. This buddy this buddy that. uh his family had a home located on like it was like a 100 acre tree farm, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? It was like it was like a huge like farm where they grew Christmas trees. And uh, and they would throw a big ass party every year, and they would do a, a pig roast and set up a giant mudslide at the top of a hill. They called it a water slide, but it was a mudslide. And they uh, they they would throw a party and have people skating and have bands play and and camping and stuff like that. And we did the tree farm a couple of times, and it was a it was awesome. It was awesome. Miss uh, those days. So and. This has nothing to do with the tree farm, even. But oh. the, the, <laughs> the the street, the next is this an inception next, joke? Like <laughs> the next uh, stoplight that I sat at, and I was thinking about the tree farm, and I looked up to see what street it was, so that I could remember where I was. And it's old school house road. And I was like, that is a very old school, old school house road. <laughs> yes, but, but you thought like, it's an old school house, old school house road. road. I was like, this place is incredibly specific <laughs> about their fucking Chicago warehouse techno. <laughs> oh, that's the oh, <laughs> old school house road. No, nah, man, I only listen to old school house. <laughs> I'm like such an idiot. That's why I took the picture. <laughs> like, like, like the next street was like True Norwegian Black Metal Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, we named all the streets after very the specific, specific genres. genres of music. <laughs> hey, let's listen to that. Uh, sh- that, that song. Hey, yeah. Um, so, speaking of Norwegian <laughs> Black Metal, so we're gonna we're gonna play around with some of the new equipment. We got a new mixer here, so we can actually run stuff into the room. And we're actually going, well, we'll see how it goes. We're going to listen to one of Jerry's new tracks (laughs) and, uh, and, and maybe even get a little commentary in on it. So Jerry, why don't you, why don't you intro this song for us? Uh, this song is called bad, bad man. It was, uh, I recorded my four year old. Uh, she was three at the time. Uh, just in the studio, I was recording them constantly and I got a really good take of her and kind of worked a song around it. Had a bunch of verses laying around, so I just kind of... Just laying around? Just kind of compiled a song out of it. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like my biggest self-critique on it is is like, this is the first track that I've tried. So it's like, 
gotta use everything. You gotta put it all in there, you know. But uh, I see. Right. I don't know. I I, I, heard, I heard it back at your house. I don't know how much different it is from then. I, I got at one point there were sixty five tracks, and then I just started cutting them away. I was like, well, this is way too much shit going on, you know. <laughs> all so, right. Let's give it a listen. Let's check it out. We got a high speed chase. Apparently, somebody uh, took a car. It started around 7 a.m. Swerving between cars and blowing through red lights. And this guy is going like a rocket ship. Jerry, I'm okay. I, I gotta tell you, man. First of all, we're we're running, we're starting to run out of time. We're starting to run out of time. We got probably about 15 minutes left before we gotta call it. And um, and and go have beer. By the way, you're welcome to come have beers with us at Larimer before band practice. This is going to be the last beers at Larimer until we do a show, right? And have to rehearse for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, man, you know. 
I'm really happy to see how much you've continued writing and recording. I'm glad that we're doing some white fudge gigs again. Yeah, me too. You know what, dude? Like, I know people come in and out of bands. You know, it's it's gonna happen. And I know that. Like, I'm really glad that when when you decided, like, when you left Ruckus, it was not in any sort like. I want people to know that there was no animosity whatsoever. No, it, it just, was it was almost like if you broke up with a girl and you were like, "Hey, I'm just gonna fuck some other people," and she was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, I was kind of thinking that too. <laughs> That's cool. All right, I'll come get my stuff. Right on. See ya. All right. <laughs> like it was, it was totally chill, and we kept doing white fudge, and we kept, you know, we kept hanging out and having fun and. And yeah, but, I, I like I still barely remember you quitting the band. It's just like you stopped showing up. He as just often. he just stopped coming. To, he just stopped coming as to band often. Practice. But since like, we're doing was, white fudge and living together, I think were we you, were well, we, were you still in Ruckus. So when here's, we lived together here, on Zenobia. Yeah, it was when we yeah yeah. So you're still ba- in Ruckus. Like basically, what happened is Tay quit. Like when Tay left, and then we did. We had just finished the Iron Maiden shows, and we were gonna do that Thin Lizzy tribute thing. And Jerry, Jerry said, nah. Well, well <laughs> J- Jerry was like, hey, I think I'm going to sit this one out. And then Randy got pregnant. And then, you know, just like things just kind of happened. And we just like that relationship ended. <laughs> but see. it wasn't something where like we had a big fight and someone quit or got kicked out. It was just like, hey, um, no. I'm going to go do. But we kept doing white fudge Can't at the same time. You know, right. we, well, we kept doing white fudge at the same time. And it almost would have been more fun if it was more dramatic. <laughs> well, we would have had to. Yours we would have had to live together. Ending. The thing I miss the most about those days of the time that you were in the band is like I have always respected you so much as a writer and as a comedian, like as just as just like such a brilliantly creative and funny guy. And I miss what you used to contribute to the band in the form of fucking just the most clever lyrics, the most like, oh, yeah. like the all, if you listen to old fourth year records that Jerry was on, anything that's all funny, hilarious. anything that's funny, Jerry wrote. No, 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 anything that's really funny. Anything that's like hilarious. <laughs> yeah. If it's a big fat chick, give a fold to Logan. <laughs> Actually, I think, I think that was my, I yeah, think that yeah, was my That one. was you. Yeah, I, I dude, I, I was but, thinking but, about those. But old we rec- we egged each other on, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, absolutely! Like we used to in in those days, like in the Dirty Half Dozen lineup years of the band, <coughs> we would go on tour. We should, have, and we should have written jokes in the van. We used to sit there and like we did write poli- jokes in the van. Yeah, but we never wrote so anything many of the songs. We would just like polish them in the van, polish and like everybody would have their turn of going through the joke, <coughs> and then it would exhaust itself. And then well, that, well that's I just, why all those those van songs back then were so funny to us. And then other people would be like, I don't get it. Yeah, that's like, that that's the thing though. Is like that's I think that something and. I don't know if it's looking back in the past with rose-tinted glasses or not, but it seems like For sure, to a degree. There, was, there was a time when we laughed so hard at some very clever jokes that we were making that might not necessarily emerge today. And it's just because in those days, like, in those days we were like, nothing was off limits. 
Oh, you know, dude. we would it, like any like we wrote an entire like and it's epic still... butt rock song called "Hungry for Your Butt," <laughs> and it's still funny to this day. Right, right. It, but it, are funny. Fat Body mentioned the scare guy the other day. <laughs> the scare <laughs> guy lost it. I'm not going out there. That doesn't the seem pleasant scare... at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's an idea. Okay, so here's what a scare guy is. A scare. <laughs> I forgot about that. He's like, we were talking about scarecrows and how they're designed to scare crows, but I'm not afraid of crows. What I really need is a scare guy to keep bad guys from coming. Uh, oh yeah no 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 I'm not going in there there's a scare guy <laughs> that doesn't seem right that doesn't look like a good place to go that doesn't look like a safe field to go walking through stupid <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that joke came up when we were stuck in traffic in Virginia it, on tour and we went running backwards through the cornfield <laughs> just to see what I don't see what all the hubbub's about why are people always comparing <laughs> running backwards in a cor- through a cornfield to these negative situations are you supposed to have your pants down? Do I have to have my pants down to get this reference? Jerry and I legitimately dropped our pants around our ankles and ran backwards <laughs> through a cornfield because the van was stuck in traffic. We weren't going anywhere and we were right next to a fucking <laughs> cornfield. No, but <coughs> what, what, alcohol what, might have been involved. Alcohol. Yeah. Happy New Mile. <laughs> happy New Mile. The Happy New Mile game. Oh, God. We had a, we had a, uh, we went on tour and one of the first, the first stop of the tour was was Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we had a keg in the van that was left over from a party and had a broken spout on it that was held in pl- Like, the tap was held in place with a screw, like a deck screw. And so anytime you push down on it, it stayed open and just dumped beer everywhere, and you couldn't turn it's it off. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. So anytime, <laughs> anytime it started doing that, everyone would just start yelling, It's happening! And there's just beer all, like... All over everything. And that just meant everybody had to drink real fast. Right. So we started, and the beer, we didn't this have is, ice to put the in beer in. the van that's driving, that, like, the keg can never settle <laughs> in the fucking van. So it's just getting shaken I'd also around. like to point out that this was seven or more years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the yeah. statute of limitations. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Just like to no, cover our legal No, so, so it was, it, we made up this game called Happy New Mile. <laughs> Which is we would have like a New Year's toast every time we crossed a new mile. <laughs> so someone would yell out, Happy New Mile! And we'd all go, Yeah! I love you guys! Shit all acquaintance! <laughs> oh, here comes another one! Happy, Happy New Mile! <laughs> all the way to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Where we proceeded to play the worst show of our lives. Whoa, come on. Dude, come on. I, you know what I was talking about the other day? I, I That want, would be hard to I quantify. I want to say it wasn't the same tour. It was maybe the next tour. But coming back, we had played in El Paso, and then we played in Mexico. Juarez, Mexico. Fred's <laughs> Juarez. Sketchy-ass show On a pool Juarez, table. And we, we brought back Cubans. Remember? Yeah. And we fucking attempted to roll a blunt with uh, with a Cuban cigar, which is a total waste. In the desert, in the wind, <laughs> yeah. in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, we had, we had Spike on that tour. Yep. A fucking dog just disappeared in the desert for four and a half hours. Yeah. Yep. Came back covered in cactus quills, all fucking <laughs> hammered. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, 
Spike drank a lot. <laughs> he had he had his he had his problems. Uh, but uh, I was talking about the fucking Avril Lavigne song Skater Boy came on and I was like, you know what I think of every time I hear this song? Is after that happened and we had all that mezcal and we were in Las Cruces and f- we played the, the college party and nobody that was living room. having it. Oh no. We didn't even play. We just showed up with jugs of mezcal. And then and he's like, you want some mezcal? No thank you. Fuck, Fuck your lifestyle! Every dude. Over and over. And anyway, <laughs> So the night ended in Aaron and I with a fucking head full of cocaine. We were trying to get rid of this cocaine. Trying like the Dickens. Drinking mezcal, driving, watching the sun come up in the middle of fucking nowhere in New Mexico. And it's completely silent. There's no radio stations. Everybody else is asleep. Neither of us, like, can even ingest any more cocaine, right? It's just can't. And the sun's starting to come up, and it's not a good feeling, right? <laughs> and I'm just sitting shotgun, and Aaron's driving, and I'm like, so, uh, and Aaron goes, well, they play Muzak at my work, and I happen to know all of the lyrics to Skater Boy by Apple Levine. <laughs> Would you like me to recite them to you? I forgot. And I was like, okay. <coughs> He was, he was a boy, and she, she was, was a girl. girl. Monotone. And I make it any more obvious. And he and Ty woke up during that. And he goes, "What the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> he was just, yeah, I, 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 I did a the most depressed. Like you've got to imagine after like being on tour and just depleting all of your serotonin. And like every every feel good chemical that what makes you feel like a partially on? functioning human being is just sapped out of my brain, and just the like empty, moldy, damp sponges that were once our brains are just like just like firing like little tiny like sparks here and there, and uh, just like sad and hating ourselves, and just a monotone rendition of. Skater boy. <laughs> the brain is a train to pain. Yeah. The brain is a train to pain. So, yeah. Um, thanks for coming on the show, Jerry. Thanks for having me. It, we, it, I would love to have you on again, man. It, and let's... You ready to go to Laramore? Let's start doing Logan some more... Uh, be there. Let's start doing some more White Fudge shows. And let's fucking get back to yeah. collabing on shit. Because I, I miss, I miss making in. music with you. And I think, music. I think now is a good time for White Fudge. I think the world needs White <coughs> Fudge right now. And yeah. uh, and last thing I want to say Who's is... Who's going to play guitar? The la- oh, you, of course. We'll be a thousand miles away. Yeah, but we're going to be doing all we this online. We got a portal, dude. <laughs> we got the portal Yeah, right we've here. got the portal. Until, like, a real portal exists to be able to pull you into this, you know, Shit, in between Tupac's realms. Shit, still playing Coachella. <laughs> we're fine. Hey, uh, and then also, Tony. That's good. Um... This is your last episode before we start punching you in Just remotely. when the microphones came. Just when we get our production value all situated. Oh, it's so fucking tight here. Yeah. Yep. But me and Skips will be doing it. Yeah. Back in Chicago now. So, so get used to... No, get used to... Delay. Get used to... Uh, hey, what do you think of that, Tony? Hmm? Oh, I don't know, dude. I think it sounds pretty good. <laughs> Tony's going to be the man on the scene. <laughs> Coming to you live, it's Tony Lee, live in the Windy City. What do you have to say, Tony? Hi. And just like, 
Oh, Tony, we're having oh, trouble. Oh, hi, Bob. <laughs> Tony, we're having a little trouble. No, it's nice out here. <laughs> Tony again. Yeah, we like it. <laughs> Did you say something? You can't even do an imitation of overlapping. And then, and then when it gets digital, bep, bep. Oh, he feels as far as the eye can see. And the mumbling on top of it's not going to help. Yeah. So yeah. So starting next week. Um, Actually, I won't be around next week. You won't be around next week. Mm-mm. Well, that's fine because our guest next week is going to be Joshua Finley. Fucking. Oh, I hit him up. Man. I hit him up and I confirmed it. Like Josh Finley is going to be on the oh, show. I, I've been writing him about that. So I'm writing his ass. I'm like, you know that's coming up, right, dude? You know you can't get out of you it. You know what? You know what he said to me today? <laughs> He's got the bandaid on his ass. Now. You know what he said to me? He and said, Terry's uh, coming "Oh, with dude, him this too, is I great." Son I of was a just bitch. like, I, I, I said, uh, I said, "Hey, buddy, just wanted to confirm you for the podcast next week." Oh, sure, yes, of course. Ding. Cool. I'll send you the details the day of. Stoked to have you. Okay, okay, settle down. <laughs> that sounds oh, about perfect. I was yeah. si- I was sitting in the You guys all hopped up after your fucking dead milkman show too. Okay. Oh man, that's gonna be fun. Okay, I, settle down. I was sitting in the uh Torchy Tacos by our house in Westminster. Yeah. And there's the fucking mural there, and I was like, I totally bet that's Finley. And Randy was like, not every mural was made by Josh Finley. Yeah, it was. And it was. <laughs> Just looked down. Yep. Yep. Sure enough. Well, Jerry, you ready to go to Larimer? I think so. Well, hey, uh, thanks for listening to the motherfucking podcast. Next week will be episode 60. I can't believe we're already almost up to 60 episodes. We've got guests booked all the way into November. Got some great yeah, conversations man. coming up. And then we've got a list of about 50 more people we want to get on I'm the show. I'm held accountable now. Yeah, really. And you got also by guys like uh, me. We've got uh, uh, Brian Beer from Bud Bronson and the Good Timers is going to be on. Tay Hamilton, our old guitar player, is going to yeah. be on. Um, Hangman's Hymnal is coming up. Muscle Beach. Jim, uh, Jim Norris is going to be on the show yeah. soon. Josh Finley next week. Uh, Karen Kuda from Nashville Pussy is going to and Hemi Kuda uh, is going to be on the show. Just um, yeah. Sam Talent, Matt Kobos, um, <laughs> fucking Nathan Lund. We got a ton of great people coming on the show, man. So um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, thanks for telling a friend. That if you want to support the podcast or anything that we do, you can follow us on any of our social channels. Yeah, give us a like, share, sub- give us a like, share, sub- subscribe, and uh, definitely check out our Patreon page. Even if you uh, don't want to become a patron, which you totally could and we would totally love, uh, you can check out some of the projects that we're working on. So go to patreon.com slash mfruckus and see what it's all about. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm Aaron Howell. I'm Tony Lee. I'm Jerry Cass for some reason. (laughs) And we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks a lot. You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. 